0: Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face episode 73. On today's show, got a bit of bad news we're gonna talk about. Uh, We have a really good friend who's having a tough time.
1: And uh, we'll go over the ocean to Japan for the uh, release of Yakuza 0. And probably the biggest news of the week, Square Enix
0: is working on Marvel games. That's gotta make you excited, Matt. It makes me excited too. Let's go. Hey everyone, special Monday edition of Game Face, Mm -hmm. we're all discombobulated at this point, all kinds of out of sorts, Uh, wanted to do a show this weekend, there just simply weren't enough topics.
1: Yeah, and a bunch of stuff came out last week, but we didn't get a chance to play a ton of it. Yeah, one of the topics... The post office (laughs) screwed me on one of my deliveries, so I couldn't play things in time.
0: Just to kind of let you know where we were sitting on Saturday, one of the topics would have been the fact that teabagging has been banned in (laughs) eSports. So that's where we were. That's the point that we were at uh, for the show on Saturday. So we decided to wait a few days. Luckily, some stuff has gone down since then. Uh, Not all of it for the good, unfortunately. Uh, If you guys haven't heard by now... Um, Our good friend Marcus beer had a massive heart attack on Sunday evening at his home Um, He I don't know how much I want to share because obviously it's a lot of sensitive information I've been in touch with his wife and been working with her on the on the crowdfunding for their medical bills, but I Guess the cliff notes version is that um, he was playing games Mm. Which is one thing I do take solace in he was playing video games when it happened uh, doing something that he loves um, and their dog ended up alerting um, Marcus's wife, who had already gone to bed, that Marcus had had a heart attack. And the dog came into the bedroom and got her up, and uh, she went in and discovered Marcus. Um, his surgery was a success. He, um, he is in a medically induced coma right now. Uh, it's something that the doctors do on purpose um, to allow time for his body to heal, essentially, various parts of his body to heal. Um, And they're going to be bringing him out of that uh, medically induced coma here very soon, actually. It might even be any hour now. So we're all kind of waiting anxiously to get more news on the situation. In the meantime, today, uh, we launched a crowdfunding um, benefit for Marcus and his wife to help cover medical expenses. It's been on the homepage of Sifted all day today. Uh, It was sent out through social media throughout the day today. I'm very, very proud of all of you guys. Not just you guys, but the industry in general. Uh, We ended up hitting the goal in about four and a half hours. Um, So, that's a testament to all you folks who uh, went and donated. And even if you didn't donate, even if you're just sending positive vibes their way, uh, that's that's great too. So, tough times right now. you know, I don't want to get too much into what happened with Marcus and I, with Game Face, other than to say that it doesn't matter anymore. You know, and it hasn't mattered for a long time. Marcus and I had buried that hatchet a long time ago. But it does make you see how petty stuff like that is when something like this happens. And uh, as soon as I heard this, I tried to spring into action and help them, help them as much as I could. Um, with the help of the head of PR from Bethesda, we set up the, the crowdfunding Project and it went better than we ever imagined. So they've already hit their goal, which was $20,000 The last time I checked it was over twenty three thousand dollars. So people have continued to donate um, After we hit the goal that we had set up on the website, which is amazing Um, And not a bad thing like if you still feel like you want to donate um, basically what we did is we set up the the goal to be what they would have to pay out-of-pocket maximum for the year after their insurance uh, kicks in um, but we don't know yet. This could be something that Marcus has to go to rehab for a long time mm-hmm. uh, to work on, and it may end up going into next year. So that extra amount of money uh, could help with that. It could also help with the fact that they are fostering a child right now, and uh, his wife needs to spend a lot of time at the hospital. So they're have to pay have to pay for child care and things like that. So every little bit's going to help. Every dollar matters. And again, thank you guys so much for uh, being so generous and helping Marcus out and his wife and their foster child. Um, And I know if he was here, he'd be thanking you guys as well. And hopefully, you know, he comes through this okay, and we do bring him in here. And uh, I'm sure he would love to come in here and thank you guys for all your support and all the retweets and all the messages of encouragement. Um, You know, we're airing on we're, we're waiting on Shauna which is his wife's name um, to kind of guide us on how the messaging goes. I'm not going to give you guys any more information than what I just shared about what's going on. As she gives us the okay to kind of talk a little bit more about things, we will, Um, you know, us, we're, uh, we try to be as straightforward and honest with you guys as possible. So it'd be great if Marcus could come in here next week. Like you just don't know. Um, He could be fine. He could wake up today and just be just like he was. So um, everybody stay positive positive. Everybody keeps sending positive vibes, uh, the way of the beer family. Um, And hopefully not too long from now, we're having a beer with Marcus Beer. Although it'll probably be a light beer, I'm guessing. Yeah, probably. (laughs) But uh, once again, thank you guys. Um, This episode is dedicated 100% to Marcus Beer. Hopefully we make him proud. And uh, let's get on the next topic. All right. Undoubtedly the biggest news this week, Matt. And I'm sure as far as you're concerned, maybe the biggest news in a long time for in-games no.
1: Mm, I, I, I am not a huge believer in Square Enix's ability to handle this, this property really? all that well. So but.
0: before we get into it, basically what happened is Square Enix um, announced a partnership with Marvel this week to create several video games based upon Marvel franchises. So the first one that's been announced is called the Avengers Project, and that's being developed basically by the folks who worked on Deus Ex. Mm. Um, Matt, do you not have faith that that team
1: can deliver a great game? Translating these characters into games has always been tricky. Why though? Um, the, I mean, they're made for games. Somewhat, but they've been a whole lot of bad ones. Yeah, so clearly not that not that no brainer. I commented and, uh, on the site today. I that certainly hope Marvel's the one in charge of the writing. Yeah, uh, let's yeah, for put sure. It that way, uh, I think it's a little sad that that probably means that's the end of Deus Ex. Uh, for the time being.
0: You think? Um, we'll get into that in a minute. Let's talk about the Marvel stuff first, yeah. and then we'll get into Deus Ex. But, like,
1: but, but again, it's like we're seeing you know, Crystal Dynamics is working on the Avengers thing, and uh, you know, ba- basically you're like, okay, so that's why they're not doing the next Tomb Raider. Right. Um, and on one hand, yeah, it's cool to have talent like that thrown at the Marvel license. At the same time, it's years away, and... I'm not. I, we don't know what they're
0: doing. Yeah. Well, then the rumors came out today that the Montreal team. It may not be true. Again, rumors. to so take this with a grain of salt. But they're saying that the Montreal team is working on a Guardians of the Galaxy mm. game, which again I think is great. Like I'm all over this. Like from my perspective, this is great news. Like I would rather play a really good Marvel game than another Deus Ex or probably even another Tomb Raider. Because I feel like we've got those. You know, we've played these mm. two reboots of Tomb Raider already. Like you said, superhero video games have. <laughs> There's not exactly a rich catalog of great superhero video games at this no, point. No, especially I think, not recently. Well, I Other than Batman. Yeah, I mean... But if you look back ten years ago, it was awful. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: I mean, superhero video games were some of the worst. The, they were just shovelware, basically. And they were usually created to cash in on a movie license, some movie that's coming out Well, I think you know, about
1: ten years... The last ten years have basically been... There's been a lot of Activision finishing out contracts. Yeah. Like they had to make them, right. you know. That's certainly why the last couple of Spider Man games happened.
0: Yeah, I mean if you've only played video games for the last half decade though, you would probably look at us and say, What do you mean most superhero games aren't great? Because they never suffered through all those terrible
1: years. You never before... played Marvel Rise of the Imperfects. Oh, yeah. I you mean... remember when EA got the Marvel license, they we're like, oh, this is going to be amazing. No, no, it's not. That is a good point. So yeah. Um, yeah, the Legends, X-Men Legends stuff, and that, that was good. But like, um, you know, just because it's in the hands of a big developer that's done good stuff in the past doesn't mean it's going to work out okay. I mean, hopefully Marvel is more adept now at sort of managing their licenses uh, with third-party companies, like you know, but but we'll see. You know, I I am I am I have reserved, I am reserving judgment, but I am cautiously optimistic.
0: Matt, do you think maybe the key to these games being great is not. Having them released to coincide with films?
1: Oh, for sure. Like, you you need to have them done when they're done. They need
0: to be, like, autonomous, completely separate from the films.
1: I mean, if they're planning them this far out, you're probably looking at something that's going to try to release alongside uh, Avengers 4, probably. When does that come out? 2019.
0: Okay. Um, Well, hopefully it doesn't take that long.
1: uh, eh, Two years. I
0: mean, they finished up Deus Ex a while ago. I'm assuming this contract Well, Deus Ex would be
1: Guardians. So Guardians, who knows when that is. But the Avengers game that Crystal Dynamics is working on... They said more news in 2018, which to me says it's probably coming out in 2019 somewhere alongside.
0: See it first. In what would have been Infinity
1: War Part Two, but now is it, apparently has a, a different title. Um, so I would say you you, you kind of do the you know the synergy thing where you hope you release it alongside the movie. If it doesn't make it, you release it alongside the Blu-ray um that would kind of be my expectation we would see this in 2019
0: isn't it crazy though that they put out a trailer for this game already i mean it's a little short teaser that doesn't give up hardly anything but yeah.
1: well you gotta have something you gotta show you know uh you can't you can't play it the way ea did star wars oh um, but you know it's where like we're doing it here's a logo bye you know here's you know here's one sh- you know one sh- maybe i guess it's the equivalent of like the one shot of the store this the, the Snowspeeder getting crushed by the Walker. Right, and that was that. That's all we saw for a year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's gotta... nowhere
0: near as exciting, by the <laughs> way. No, no, it's just sort of
1: destroyed uh, uh, Avenger pieces, which uh, makes me think that it's again tied to the. Because that looks like Tony's... like. It looks
0: like Civil War at the end of Civil War,
1: right? No, well, no, it looks like Tony's uh, uh, future dream in Age of Ultron where he oh, sees right. everybody dead and he's right. and they're like, why didn't you... It looks like, you know, clearly at some point the Avengers are going to get their asses kicked uh, even harder than they've already had them kicked and Thanos is probably going to do it and... So this game will probably cover. I mean, they seem to imply that it's covering sort of the whole story, the whole cinematic universe story, maybe yeah. like know, like Lego game style. Yeah. Uh, maybe up to Infinity War or something like that. Which uh, I'd be up for that. I mean, that's cool. I'm, I'm into that. Um, especially if you get, the the big question is going to be, and this is this is the 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 real rub in a, in any team, you know, X Men games are running into this too. It's like. You got to make everybody play well, and you might make everybody play differently, and you got to make everybody play fun. It's got to be fun to play Iron Man and to play the Hulk and to play Black Widow and to play maybe 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 you don't put Hawkeye in. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. If that's but possible like, to make him fun. No, but <laughs> uh, got to bow. In. I mean, even he thinks it's ridiculous. Ultron. Yeah. 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 But think um, About it. So I mean, it, there's there's a big that's a big task. You got to make basically s- at least six, probably more characters fun to play that are very different from each other.
0: But do you think and they've the, never even managed
1: one of them so far in the other games that I've. Although I like I like the Captain America game. It was a moderately okay rip off of Arkham Asylum.
0: But do you think that it is going to be multiple characters? Because if you look at the games that the studios made. That's mm. not really how they've been. They've been one character that you play as through the entire right. game, and that character grows. Well, it's and... an Avengers
1: game. you got to play as at least a mo- few people. You think? Yeah, no question. Like, you can't just... It's like, here's your Avengers game, but you only get to play as Captain America. Like, no one's going to be down for that. I think they would still. I don't think... As long as it's good, because... You're you going to be expected to be able to play as at least the four main Avengers, I think. Even, I even if it's not, you can choose each one in every level no matter what. Like... But it would ha- you're going to have to play as Captain America, Iron Man, the Hulk, and Thor. I mean, those are going to be your, your, your brain no-brainer. You have to be able to play as them.
0: I just wonder, though, with the template that's kind of laid down with the way this team has designed games in the past, though, it's all about building that character up and him becoming more and more powerful as it goes. How does that play
1: out with an Avengers game? Because same you have as, these
0: characters that are already really powerful. Same
1: as any, you know, look at Marvel Heroes. Like, you start with no abilities and you upgrade your abilities as you level up, but well, that changed a lot. They did a major upgrade to that game in the last couple of weeks. And, you know, at the beginning of the game, you're just doing basic stuff by the end you're bouncing shields off everybody's face and iron man can call down four other suits and every you know like it's,
0: but how does that work with the narrative though In keeping it in the canon you see what i'm saying
1: well they all kind of upgrade as they go you know iron man has a different suit in every damn movie because you yeah. gotta sell you gotta sell the action figures and, right <laughs> uh, yeah everybody's got a different outfit everybody's got a different trick uh everybody pulls a couple of cool new moves you just do you know and you don't have to stick to canon that hard on that you know if if captain america's you know, throwing his shield in the way he did in uh, Civil War, in the in the level that's based on the first Avengers movie, no one's going to mind. It's it's okay. See,
0: I would be okay with uh, a game where I just played as one character, provided it's as good as well, see, like the day. But case. see,
1: in that case, you would just call it that one character. Like wouldn't. It wouldn't be the Avengers. Right. So that when I say when you're making an Avengers game, you play plays the Avengers. Yeah. So. I guess that's a good point. I would be surprised if there wasn't some kind of multiplayer component too. Yeah. Um, so, which you know, Tomb Raider has. So there's a template for that. Right. Um, yeah. I'm, I mean, fingers crossed. I guess would be. my... I'm excited. My I'm. I'm really
0: excited. This is probably the most excited I've been for a superhero game maybe ever. Other than maybe after the first Rocksteady Batman came out. Well, I was, about the I was real
1: excited for Arkham Knight. but yeah. I learned my lesson. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't, I don't think there's going to be a tank in this one you have to drive all the time, so maybe we'll be okay. But, uh. oh,
0: that's a good point, too, because that was a case where there was a team in place that we trusted mm-hmm. more than probably any... Something, one something
1: of the went terribly Top wrong. five teams yeah. you trust, that oh, would have yeah. been
0: one of them. And still, it kind of left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. Obviously, if you go back through the shows, I did not dislike no. Arkham Knight as much as you. Um... But I think that maybe a lot of a little bit of that might be that I'm not as tied into Batman and the lore and the canon as yeah. much as you are. Well, I
1: just wanted to play as Batman and not as a canon. Yeah. I guess would be the way I'd put that just you know, Poochie the Bat Tank. Yeah. It's like whenever the tank's not on screen, everyone should be asking, Where's the Batmobile? No, I don't care where the Batmobile is. I want to do more Arkham stuff. Yeah. And uh, they didn't give me that.
0: All right, so let's move on and let's talk a little bit about Deus Ex. Mm-hmm. Um obviously this appears to be the sacrificial lamb here. Foursquare Annex. They, you know, a team can only do so much, and it looks like they're going to take the team off of Deus Ex to start working on this Marvel stuff. How do you feel about that?
1: I mean, it's not tremendously surprising because, from what we understand, uh, Mankind Divided did not sell tremendously well. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate because, I mean, they they it does seem to be, they do seem to have been planning a trilogy here. Um, yeah. But I did you enjoy Mankind Divided, Matt? I liked it. It's, I, I think we... we talk, I mean, we talked about it very extensively that, like, I like the concept of it. I like what it's trying to do. I don't know if it succeeds at doing it a lot. And also, like, Adam Jensen feels like he was designed in another decade for a different game. And, yeah. like, the rest of the world is, like, this kind of pretty believable sort of thing. And then he's walking around like some kind of hot topic guy from... I mean, it, it was... He's, like... I, I felt like they really needed to revamp him or replace him. And... Um, I don't see them doing that because he's such. Also, he's based on the art director. I think like he looks exactly like him. Yeah. Um, but there was a thing during during the, my playing of that game. Sometimes it would cut back to Adam Jensen, and I'd just be like, "What are you doing yeah, here? He like, it, he doesn't fit he the doesn't. world." of And that I game. think that's the biggest problem
0: is that when they sort of rebooted Deus Ex, I feel like the character model and the character just
1: yeah it never clicked with me. Like it kind of works in the in the first one in you know, Human Revolution. Because also because it's like the, they got that kind of orange yellow glow to it, I mean, like but Mankind Divided seemed to have a much more down to earth tone and feel and look. Yeah, and he just did. He was so he's so elevated in terms of stylization that he just looked ridiculous. Like, yeah, it was first person, so you didn't maybe think about it all the time. But every time it would go to a cutscene, it, it just looked like a bunch of normal people walking around and this dude in a costume. Yeah, and I don't. I'm not. That's a, that's a nitpick, really, but it's yeah. just like it's just sort of an example of. All those little things add up to, as you say, it just doesn't click.
0: I kind of get the same vibe from Deus Ex that I kind of get from Dishonored. It just feels like this very drab, dystopian, depressing world. And I Mm. never get excited to go back into it. Like, when I finally do and I play it, I have a good time, and then I I put it down, I'm like, oh, that was fun. But then when I'm like, it's late at night, and I've already worked all day, and I have a couple hours before I need to go to bed, it's really hard for me to get motivated to start playing those types of games. Mm. And uh, that's kind of, and I, I look, I don't know what the reasons were for it selling so poorly. It could, have been, it could have been a million things. Marketing, whatever. People just, maybe they got the first one, they didn't like it that much, or whatever. But uh yeah,
1: just part of the the parade of underselling games for the yeah. you know, Q three and Q four.
0: And I mean at the end of the day, what really matters is sales. And so if Square Enix isn't making enough money based upon the budget that they're putting into this I mean, don't forget Square Enix was disappointed with the sales of the first Tomb Raider mm-hmm. reboot, and it sold amazingly well. So obviously the standards are pretty high at Square Enix for what it's expecting from the games that it develops and publishes. So I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen the exact numbers for Mankind Divided, but I'm guessing probably worldwide it didn't sell a whole lot more than, like, a million. Uh-huh. I mean, it never really hovered in the sales charts. It, You know, even in the UK where certain games tend to stick around for a long time because it's a smaller sample size, it never did that. It never hung uh-huh. around for months and months. like... This week. And I didn't
1: hear it mentioned again for almost for the rest of the year. Like yeah. It, just wasn't, the DLC, it wasn't on people's minds.
0: The DLC hasn't been a big deal. Um, you know, we've curated stuff for the DLC. No one seems to care about it.
1: Similar um, to uh, the previous one. Like the yeah. DLC for that was nothing, too. Yeah. Like, I so
0: I can't say I'm all that sad to hear that it's going away in favor of one of these Marvel games. Because I know that the studio is obviously talented. I mean, right. if you look at Mankind Divided and Human Revolution, they're both technically great games. It's just the tone and kind of the vibe of the games, those sort of intangible things, mm. are going to appeal to some people and not appeal to others. And for me, they just didn't appeal to me. And look, judging by sales, it looks like it didn't appeal to a lot of people either. So I say bon voyage to Deus Ex in all honesty. I know that's going to probably rankle some feathers with some of uh, some of the sifters, but um, I would much rather play a Marvel game of this quality than play another Deus Ex.
1: Maybe. I mean, if they take the Guardian's premise and sort of maybe do with it kind of what Prey, the original Prey 2 was doing, that would be an interesting... Like, to to be able to explore that kind of world that Guardians set up that was so different from the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that would be interesting to me. Yeah. Um, And I feel like you could have some really cool, like, space ports and environments and you know, action scenes. And so, I mean, there's a lot of meat there on that bone. Uh, so hopefully, they do something like that. Um, it's also funny that like, like the there's a little bit of Adam Jensen uh, functionality-wise in Star Lord. Yeah, like they're both guys right. that hit yeah. a button and their sunglasses go away. Yeah, you know? yeah, like yeah. it's it's, uh, it's funny that like they're you could play. You know, they're also kind of a little snarky. I mean, yeah. And the, the, I mean, the upside is, like, I'm thinking probably we're going to get the real voices for most of these actors for these you'd games. You'd think, yeah. Yeah. Certainly Chris Pratt will do anything you'd ask him to. So, <laughs> I mean, he even did new lines for uh, the Lego Dimensions on the, oh, that's his, right. his Jurassic World that's character. That's right, yep. Um, but, uh, I mean, so it's like we're looking at, you know, something that clearly the production values are going to be very high. Budgets are going to be what they should be. Hopefully the time given the developers are going to be what it should be. And, you know... We can only wait and see if, if it turns out to be something we want to play, you yeah, know, 'cause it's interesting that they're kind of also going up, you know, another Guardians game. So we got a Telltale yep. Guardian story driven game and we're gonna have a Presumably Montreal a more action based. More action based, but still probably pretty story driven. Yeah. The uh, first person game. Um it's just hard to know. I mean, you know, that, that game is probably three years out. Maybe. Yeah, probably. So uh, which is also
0: a good sign because that means that this is a property that Marvel right. believes in long term. Round the time I love of Guardians uh, of the Galaxy, a great yeah,
1: movie. Around the time of probably Guardians Three. Yeah, moment. yeah, the timing yeah. should work out.
0: So I'm really excited. Matt's C- certainly a little- not in time
1: for Guardians Two, which is what a few months away. Yeah, I'm really excited. Matt's a little more guarded. Um, Show me the game first, pretty much. Yeah, I'm like, keeping my hopes high, but we shall see. So let's move on. There are certainly worse choices. Of, oh yeah! Of publisher for this.
0: I mean, could you think of a better publisher slash developer to work on it?
1: I uh, mean, I'd like to see like Insomniac. A dog I like I'd like to see Insomniac just do all of them right. instead of just yeah. Spider-Man. But um, no, nah, I mean, it's 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 solid. I mean, it's, certainly I'm glad. I they, think
0: Marvel made a good choice. Here. Yeah, I'm glad
1: they didn't go back to like Activision or EA right. or something. Yeah, you know, EA is having enough trouble with the Star Wars games as it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that
0: that that tale will be told this Q four, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No
0: excuses after Battlefront two. That'll no. be it. So. No. All right, let's move on. Now we are going to talk about EA. Hmm. So on Sunday, randomly, EA's one of his community managers went on Twitter and wrote a tweet with just one word: #Skate4. And mm. yeah, publications have been describing it like the internet meltdown and Twitter was broken and but bo- that's not true. I there, mean, there, there are some other
1: things going on.
0: Yeah, there's. The yeah, <laughs> I think so, but there's. Look, there is a very I don't even mean, know if it's that small, but there is a very passionate audience for Skate. Mm. Um, skate 3, the best of the Skate games, I would say. But also much different than the Tony Hawk games, mm. which are a little more arcadey. Skate was a little more realistic. It used sort of the two analog stick trick mechanics. Uh, what did you think of the Skate games, Matt?
1: I liked them. I mean, by that point, I was kind of over the skateboard game thing. Um, but I definitely, you know, in a world where we'd gone through all those just endless action sports clones, the, you know, Activision's iterations on the pro whatever thing over, you know, all the people that tried to jump on the the Me Too thing, all that crap Acclaim made us play. Um, certainly Skate felt like it was a game made with, with some soul and some love and an eye to making something... Not just different, but arguably more of, an, of a, an emulation of the skating. Not that I've ever, I'm not a skater, skateboarder, yeah. but it felt more like you were riding a, a device with wheels on it that you were trying to stay balanced on and do the very, I mean, the, 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 the physics of the world felt more believable than the Tony Hawk's arcade style. And I enjoyed it. I didn't play it to death, really. But like when people talk about how, you know, usually it seems like people either think Skate 2 or Skate 3 is the best one. And when they, you know, when they uh, talk about stuff like that, I, t- I definitely see where they're coming from, even if it's not like on top of my list.
0: Yeah, so I did skate for a long time. I skated for over a decade. Um, hardcore for 10 years, and then I slowly kind of just drifted away. My body just couldn't do it anymore. When I would fall and get hurt, I'd be down for a week instead of two days. And Eventually, your body just tells you you can't do it anymore. And I have some of my old friends who I used to skate with who do still skate. And they tell me I'm crazy for saying that, but I don't think they've had reconstructive knee surgery either. So, mm. so as somebody who did skate for a long time, was a part of the culture and everything, I 100% agree with you. It is far more realistic than a Tony Hawk's pro skater franchise. But I enjoyed, enjoyed Tony, the Tony Hawk games far more than I enjoyed the skate games. There, there's, a, there's a very fine line between realism and fun. And I go back to when I worked at GameSpot way, way back when the first Xbox launched and Amped Freestyle Snowboarding came out. I hated that game. <laughs> and I think I've mentioned on the show before how shocked I was that right out of the gate there were so many Xbox fanboys. I could not understand it. I'm like, they've done nothing. Why do you guys just blazingly, like, blindly defend this company? And man, like, I've reviewed Amped. And I, I don't know. I think i maybe give it like a five or a six at Gamespot, and oh my god that was my first real brush with hate mail from (laughs) fanboys like the first time i really came under like attack to the point where like my boss had to come and talk to me and be like don't let this get you down it happens to everybody you know you're gonna have to get used to it you're gonna have to have thick skin if you're gonna work in this industry um but that was kind of my first brush with all that madness and then the second brush was sonic adventure 2 boy let me tell you about that one yeah um And my argument with Amped was that realism doesn't always mean fun. Sure, you know, it was an accurate replication of what it's like to manage your edges as you ride down a hill. But it was also just infuriatingly, like, difficult and imprecise. Like snowboarding, mind you. Uh. These things are really hard. Snowboarding and skateboarding are incredibly hard. I played sports growing up my whole life. Moved over to extreme sports in, like, my early teens. And kind of stuck with that. And, you know, I played football and all these other sports. Nothing was as hard as skateboarding or snowboarding. They are challenging. So you're right. To say that it's more realistic to make the games more difficult to play, 100% correct. But I tend to not play video games to be frustrated, as evidenced by Shane versus Bloodborne. Like, Uh that's just not something I enjoy out of my games. And I realize everyone's different. But I also think that maybe that's why Skate didn't sell especially well. It's, I think, the first one... Sold pretty well, yeah. and then as the sequels came out, they had less sort of, and I less mean, people.
1: It was, all, it was like, kind it of was a, well, It was also sort of the, the decline of that genre as well. It was it was in the tail end of that fad, and uh, I think that combined with exactly what you're saying uh, led to sort of you know if you were like kind of not into the, the skateboarding stuff anymore, but you maybe were kind of interested. Uh, skate is not a, I'm uh, skate is not an I'm kind of interested game. No. Like you got to commit. No. And what, what drove me most
0: mad about Skate was that because it used the dual analog stick control scheme, you look at the, each analog stick like a clock and each hour on a clock. And each hour, you had to hit precisely to land a move. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're ollieing using the analog stick, and then you have to reorient the, the stick and make sure you're pointing that stick in the exact, r- not two o'clock, not one o'clock, you know, you have to get it exactly on that mark. And when you have analog sticks that don't kind of have those notches in them, like you had with, like, the GameCube controller, where there's kind of, like, that octagon, and then the stick can kind of seat in those, so you know exactly where the stick is. If it's just a perfect circle, like, the difference between, like, 1 p.m. and 2 p.m. is so negligible. That it's, like, there was one trick in Skate, I think it was only, like, two or three hours in, where... You had to do a very specific flip to a very specific grind to a very specific dismount. And I remember sitting there trying that trick. I think it was like an hour and a half. And it was like three hours into the game. And I'm just hitting this rail over and hmm. over. And again, that's what skateboarding is like. When you're learning a trick in skateboarding, you do the same thing over and
1: over and over for hours and oh, hours and, and even, hours. Even just having gone to school with skateboard, I'm, I remember I would you know stand around near places or talk to some of my friends and at some point at some point you inevitably ask as a non-skateboarder do you guys ever land anything right (laughs) yeah because and and, you get bored watching it too at first you're excited like oh and their answer tended to be like yeah like once a day right like it's just that's that's the that's how dedicated you well when you're learning tricks yeah i
0: mean the the idea is that you learn that new trick in a day hopefully Mm. in a day and then you add it to your repertoire that you can do whenever But you're right, and for innocent bystanders who come up on skateboarders, like, cool, skateboarders! And then they sit there for five minutes, they're like, (laughs) it's the same thing over and over. You're trying this trick over and over, you can't do it. And it's, absolutely, skate is realistic. But it doesn't mean that it's fun. Mm. And so, I hope that with Skate 4, that they take that into consideration, that they really look at kind of the feedback that they got, and even some of the old reviews that they got for Skate 3, because I reviewed it for GT back when it came out, and my review was pretty significantly lower than a lot of people. And this is coming from someone who skated. And most of the people reviewing the games probably never did skateboard. and may not have the infinity for the sport that I had for it. So I hope that they go back and kind of look at those notes and uh, try to make a game that's a
1: little bit more fun for people who just don't, like, being punished by games. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the fact that they're not up against Tony Hawk Pro Skater now uh, probably means they can, they're, they're, they can dial it back to a, a more arcade kind of compromise now. Yeah. And not be accused of being too similar to the competition because there is no competition. Mm-hmm. And then today, Tony Hawk, on Instagram or somewhere, made
0: a comment that he is working on a new skateboarding mm-hmm. game with a really good people. Highly doubtful is that, and he said yeah, not Activision. Activision. He yeah. said not Activision. So, the, this whole thing is starting mm-hmm. to kind of gel together as, like, Skate 4 is, is really coming. And how interesting would it be if they, Tony Hawk is the... Tony Hawk Skate... Exactly. Boarder. Right. It could be Tony Hawk Skate 4. I mean, mm-hmm. that's really what it could be, which... Would lend some credence to the franchise that EA really didn't have before. Um, it was always kind of like the redheaded stepchild of skateboarding games to the I, pre- average I predict
1: it'll be, it'll be, it'll say, the, the logo will be skate and the four will be an A and then it'll say hawk. Uh-huh. With the four is the A and hawk going yeah, It'll be like a cross. <laughs>
0: That's very possible. Yeah, they'll make t shirts and stickers mm. and all that stuff. So are you excited about a new skateboarding game, Matt?
1: No. <laughs> I kind of figured. I mean, I'm, it's cool. Like, I like Tony Hawk, he's a nice guy, and uh, we had to interview him many, many times, and... uh,
0: That's the thing, it's like, before I ever started... I'm I'm glad he's,
1: you know, I'm I'm glad he's still in games, I'm glad a game with his name on it will still exist, and it's gotta be better than that damn stand on the plastic board and wiggle around, what was that, Ride? Yeah. Yeah, Uh, it's gotta be better than that um i mean I, I love tony hawk one and two like i uh i well, was kind rem- of over that, it remember three, they did the remaster but... i wasn't like a yeah, year and a half it was terrible yeah. but tony hawk one on the playstation one i mean i i when my friend first got that i went over and we played it i'm not kidding all night yeah and my car got towed yeah because i was parked <laughs> like uh, and, and we had a, he had a feud with his neighbor and like if we were parked in a certain place too long the neighbor would call even though it wasn't illegal to park there he'd call and have have it towed and I got towed and I'm like, oh my car's gone. It was like seven in the morning, we've been up all night. And I'm like, well, the place isn't open till nine, so it's just gonna play. Keep more Tony Hawk. <laughs> and, like, and that's that's yeah. how much I mean it was like twelve straight hours. Yeah, the of first Tony two Hawk. games were crazy incredible. innovative,
0: amazing games. And, and like,
1: you could play like one level over and over and find new stuff and find new lines and I mean it was it was. See, that's the amazing. part
0: of it where it hits skateboarding that I like. Mm-hmm. It's like I like when they design the stages well enough that you can find all these different lines to hit. That's right. that's the part I'm okay with like playing it over and over. Not to just do this one very specific trick that right. I need not to the do. Ba- it's like a very specific
1: like, rail. Like playing a flight sim and playing like Ace Combat, where it's like right. I want to fly a plane and blow stuff up and do cool dogfight moves. I don't want to f- remember which switch is landing gear up. Right. I
0: and I don't want to be able to not take off or not land. Right. It's like Flight Simulator. Like you just boot up Flight Simulator, you can't take off. Mm. It's like you're just trying to figure out, it's, there's different audiences for that. And I. Maybe the the perfect idea for me is to find a happy ground in the middle, mm-hmm. where it's not crazy goofy and unbelievable like Tony Hawk, but it's not such a rigid sim that it's like you want the more Forza. difficult than real skateboarding.
1: You want the Fortza <laughs> of, of, of that's, a good, of of skating, yeah, that's like, a good way of putting it, basically. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. It feels authentic, but it doesn't make you do the, the stuff that's not fun. Yeah, in the name of realism, for the sake of realism. Yep, I'd agree with that. So. I'm, you know, with that tweet, I'm
0: guessing that we're probably going to get a trailer or something here in the next week. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if that's the case.
1: Maybe, maybe we'll see another halfpipe at E3. Yeah. The first time in a long time.
0: Yeah. Before we move on, like, you were talking about how we had to interview Tony Hawk so many times. And I remember when I first got into the industry and the first, like, the first time that it was, he was offered up as an interview, and I almost got in, like, a fist fight with someone. <laughs> and, <laughs> to, like, go do the interview. And then by the time I left GT, I was like, I never want to talk to him yeah. again. <laughs> Not because he's a bad guy. He is an awesome guy. Mm-hmm. And he was genuinely a really good guy. I had just literally interviewed him, like, 20 times.
1: <laughs> like, you'd sit down, and it's just like, he's like, usual, usual. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, we know we know what we're asking. You know what you're saying. Let's just go. Let's just do it. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, he he is a great guy. But after no matter how great you are, eventually you run out of interesting stuff to say about mm-hmm. your game. Especially like,
1: when you start not believing in the game. I mean, right. he knew Tony Hawk Ride was not good. Yeah, yeah. But, but he, had that, he
0: had that crazy contract with yeah. them that
1: he had to fulfill and he had to stick
0: around for all those crappy games at the end of the run there. So, you know, and then on the flip side, I got to meet Rodney Mullen one time um, and that was amazing. So, mm-hmm. got to take the good with the bad, I guess, with yeah. everything. All right, let's move on. So, Matt, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to complain about something right now mm-hmm. that no one else in the world is probably going to complain about. And everyone's going to tell me I'm stupid for complaining about it. But so Microsoft, I'm not sure if you know this or not, but there used to be this sort of private club that you could be in and you get like the early updates to Xbox One UI.
1: Oh, I was in it. That's why I kept getting updates every three days or two days. And finally I was like, wait a minute. I don't want to to download three and a half gigs every time I turn the Xbox on. So I pulled out of it.
0: Yeah. Well, now that program is pretty much open to everybody. Mm. I guess the Xbox preview program, I think is what it's called. Um, So they're getting ready to update the Xbox UI with a big update here in the next, I think it's two or three days. It's going to happen this week. And one of the things that they, that has been been noticed that has been curiously deleted from the Xbox UI is the snap feature, Mm -hmm. which is the ability to multitask, essentially, on your Xbox One. Mm -hmm. Did you ever use the feature, Matt?
1: Not if I didn't have to. Really? Because it was slow as hell. It was was just like this Grinding, and I, I, I heard about this and asked some dev friends about it And yeah. they're all like, oh thank god yeah. like They are happy And it might, and it might be a necessity, uh, some of their, in their opinion Because uh, basically, one of the processor cores is, always, is used for the snap right. Which means you have to take it away from whatever game you're playing And as we move forward, especially in stuff that's also compatible with Scorpio You're not going to be able to lose that core and keep the game running yeah. So it was. It seems like a compromise, but, you know, especially because they have sl- sl- pretty slow RAM, uh, it always chugged when you did that. It was never as smooth as the video they showed uh, at E3 would make you believe. It worked um, great for me. It was. I, it was always uh, just this. Like, if, 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 like it, it was th- a little it, sluggish it to need- start. It needed like a creak <laughs> <laughs> like sound for when it first popped out because it was. It was. It, it just slowed everything to a crawl. and something it actually made my games freeze once in a while. It was it was it was not a good scene. I understand why they're getting rid of it. I understand why people are upset that it's going away because of the closest thing, the Xbox One OS has to the blades. Yeah, uh, which let you kind of jump in between things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just I I think, and I have no technical knowledge to back this up, but to me, it always seemed like a poorly designed feature. Uh, that that the Xbox just wasn't really capable of handling properly it... i think
0: that, that's microsoft's reasoning they're saying that it they they get a lot of complaints including from people like us mm. that the ui is way too slow yeah and it is it is way too sluggish and way too slow so i get why they're why they're changing it i'm gonna really miss it i mm-hmm. used it all the time i love being able to play a game while watching a like a sporting event in the snap like, being able to watch, like, football on Sundays in the snap while I'm playing a game. Like, being able to multitask and use my replacing console. it with
1: kind of a picture-in-picture picture thing somehow? It's what? just not going to be, like, a full, like, blade sidebar thing. Oh, really? That's what I read. I don't know if that's true. Um, but I, I heard they're trying to come up with an alternate solution that doesn't tax the system as hard. Um, it's just, It's amazing to me because, like... You know, I think I think most people would agree that the 360 OS was better. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh and frightening oh, yeah, pro- quick. Possibly the best uh console OS of yeah. the modern era. And like, I mean, I I think I don't know how what exactly what the footprint is on the on the Xbox 1. I think it's like almost a gig. Yeah. Um the Xbox 360's uh OS footprint was 32 megabytes. I know. It's like how do you go from that to this bloated monster? That can't even that can't even scroll through the store smoothly. It's amazing.
0: See, I still boot up my Xbox 360 every once in a while just to claim my free games. Yeah, I still every do month. That, yeah, and so I still get a taste of like that whole mm. UI, and I'm like, this is like lightning. Like yeah, it's really very crazy. Very um, But I think the bigger point that, that I wanted to get out with this topic is how the Xbox One, when it was first announced, well, when it was first announced, they had all these pie in the sky ideas about mm. download only, and you know, and people
1: revolted and complained. And the rest of us wanted to know, what happened to Velocity Girl? Yeah, Did she ever get to sell her (laughs) T-shirts?
0: That's good. But it had all these features that were touted and shown off on stage and was a big part of their E3 press conferences. And it just seems like the longer the Xbox One is on the market, the more it has just moved back to center to where Mm. it's pretty much just a machine to
1: play games. As it should have been.
0: Do you think so? Yeah. Do you think that's the lesson learned here, is that these consoles, they need to stop worrying so much about all these extra features and just create a, a box
1: that plays games in, in I, I as quick? Don't, I, don't think, I don't think it necessarily means, like, get rid of all the extra features, but I do think it means uh, make it work as a game system first. and yeah. then Because that was the thing. It really feels like they took the Xbox One and handed it to a bunch of non-gamer OS designers and, I mean, you playing that thing on day one, you would think no one ever tried to play a video game on it. Right. You know, they're all too wrapped up in their ESPN deal and the cable pass-through and all the little, like, you know, set-top box tricks it could do. And I'm like, I can't, I can't join a group of people while I'm in the game anymore. Like, I can't do basic things that the 360 OS could do from day one. What, What's happening? Why is this? Why is this happening? Yeah. And uh, it was ridiculous. It was just, it was weird and awkward and annoying and for reasons no one could figure out it was just, and you know and and it was it demoed impressively if you didn't care about gaming functionality but i i do so it was a huge problem to me like it was it drove me towards the PS4 like basically, i mean at a certain point you know, PS4 really pulled way ahead in right. a lot, of, in many, many respects. But early on, like launch month, you know, the month following, like there were points where I'm like, oh, I should play something. I'm going to play a PS4 game because I don't want to deal with the Xbox OS. Well, the other
0: thing, like, too, is that you have to dig... And that
1: shouldn't happen. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. And the other thing, too, is that you have to dig deep into the
0: menus of Xbox One to set it up so that it just works like a console. Yeah. So that you just turn it on and you're playing games and you're not trying to get rid of all this yeah. other BS and, like, signing in and,
1: like... I mean, we did have a lot of fun uh, on football Sundays because my friend uh, set up, uh, you know, the cable pass through, and he had the connect and everything. We also remember that the hundred-dollar connect they charge you for for no good reason, whether you liked it or not. Yeah. And um, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's just it been a, a yeah. It's been a repeal. without back. the replace. But <laughs> that was pointing you know, Because what, what what we're talking about? What were we talking about during the the football games? In part, we're talking about the brand new video game console. Yeah. Every time we said Xbox. The thing, the channel thing, would come. Right, out. At one point, yeah. we missed like the big play of like the last thirty seconds of a Bronco game because someone said Xbox, and then everybody tried to say no, it's Xbox stuff, and then it like backed up, and then it, jumped. it was it was it was a disaster. When I got it my PlayStation
0: amazing. VR, that started happening again because I hooked up the PlayStation i camera again, mm. and I had not had the foresight to make sure i disabled like the voice commands all that shit yeah i didn't and so my wife starts talking and all of a sudden all this stuff starts going on on the tv i'm like oh no (laughs) this is crazy but uh, to me what's really crazy is where the xbox one started and where it is now Mm -hmm. i mean i think it's only a matter of time before they start getting rid of like the tv pass through as well like does the does the s do that
1: i don't know does it have that extra HDMI port? That's what I was. That's yeah. That's what I'm wondering. I don't know. I still have the OG Xbox One. There, I, I remember there were people wondering if it did the pass through. Maybe somebody I, in chat maybe, knows. Yeah, maybe chat somebody knows. got a one. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember if that because I've never used it an S.
0: Oh, see, I, so, I haven't. I haven't used one either, other than at like one event. I think I used. Yeah, I like. probably
1: played a couple of demos on an S at E3, but like I've never messed with the the OS on it or anything like that. I just have the day one OG with its uh, controller that almost burned my couch down. <laughs> so, um... Do you think this is a cautionary tale to Nintendo? Um, with the Switch? Does it matter? <laughs> like, <laughs> it really doesn't. Are they going to yeah. listen? No. Yeah. I mean, ex- I mean, Microsoft's mistakes here were very different from Nintendo's mistakes, yeah. I think. Because Nintendo's not really... Nintendo is trying to be a jack-of-all-trades with the Switch, but in a very different way from, from uh... Xbox, like Xbox, is it was kind of like wrapped up in its idea of taking over the living room right. as the entertainment device, capital E, capital D, and Nintendo just wants to Nintendo just wants to be your handheld game. Nintendo just wants you to take it with you. Yeah, don't go to school yourse- by yourself. Bring us with you. And if you remember, it's the- a it's a different. I don't I don't think Nintendo is. I mean, they always do. I don't think Nintendo is looking at the Xbox One and being like, "Well, we better not do that." Like they yeah. they well because you remember. Um, when the Wii U was, uh, they were setting up the, the account service and the online stuff and there were numerous uh, developer, Western developers who were saying like we're at, talking to them about this and we were sending them, okay so this is like will this work like Xbox Live or this works like PSN or like da 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 and at some point they got a message back that basically said can you please stop referring to Xbox Live and PSN because <laughs> none of our developers have ever used them so we don't know what you're talking right, about right. and all the developers were like <laughs> oh my god like what like they don't know they don't even know they don't yeah, they pay attention. their own little bubble yeah
0: one thing i will say is you know if you remember back when they first showed off the wii u they did kind of show all this periphery stuff mm-hmm. they showed like the the video chat oh, yeah. and like the weird tv thing that they had mm-hmm. and just like xbox one over time all that stuff got cut off remember yeah. how you Some of it sp- never even happened at all Right. Well really, yeah, some of it never did happen. And remember they had that thing where you could like hold up the gamepad and like at, and like go on Google mm-hmm. Street Maps and like be there yeah. <laughs> and they try to charge you to do it. Remember that? Yep. All that stuff ended up getting taken mm-hmm. away and rolled back. And now it looks like actually maybe the Wii U should have been the cautionary tale for the Xbox One. Yeah, that's possible. Um, it, it is interesting, though. And you're right, because Mike, I don't think Microsoft is ever going to give up on the convergence thing, though. No, I don't because think Because it that. has a mo- the mothership. That's but the thing about the, the
1: convergence should be... The convergence thing will work when it is gravy on top of what we're already buying. Yeah. And they tried to make the Xbox One... They tried to make it the point. And A... That's not really what we're buying. We want games. We want, you know, your core audience wants a game system. Yeah. And B, it didn't really work very well. So there's there's clearly more work to do. And and the other problem is like they just didn't build on what they already accomplished with the 360. Like if, yeah. if it was just the 360 function, all the functionality of a 360 and then all the convergence stuff piled on top of that, I would have forgiven a whole lot of convergence issues. If the base functionality of the system still worked, yeah. but it didn't, and it's still not it's still to parity with to be, yeah. where the 360 was in 2006. You're right. So yeah, you're absolutely
0: right. And I would argue too that Nintendo did learn the lesson from the Wii U. Mm-hmm. Just on last week's show, we were talking about how there's no Netflix and none of these kind of extraneous right. like services that are launching with the switch and so maybe nintendo somewhere along the way here has kind of learned the lesson that like let's mm-hmm. just worry about the games yeah i mean you think about course, the big presentation that, there was nothing that. of that sort in there it was all about the games their online yeah, network the
1: one thing you can say about the switch presentation over the wii u presentation is no one came out of that not knowing it's a new system yeah and not knowing what it looked because i remember when they did that Wii U presentation, uh, I had uh, you know I had a three-way argument with one of the producers in the field and Adam uh, on the headset from the booth about what it was. Right. Because some people thought it was a new controller for the Wii. Yeah. I'm like, no. They showed a different like there was a, bo- a box in the background of one of the shots in a far. Sh- it looks, it's too long to be a Wii. It has to be the yeah. Wii U. We learned and, like, that
0: it needed a different form factor yeah. because it was very easy to mistake. And maybe a different name. Yeah, that helps so. too. So.
1: I don't know. I'm going to miss the Snap feature personally. I've used it a lot. Um, I I don't. I mean, I read about it, and of course we do. I, I don't know if I would have noticed. Like yeah. also because I don't have uh, the Connect hooked up, so I don't use the voice thing, and which means I basically just I, I basically use the Xbox One as much like a 360 as I possibly can you know. and try to forget that I'm using something else.
0: I'm going to miss it. If I had Taps on our TriCaster, I'd play Taps right now for the Snap feature. I really loved it. I you know. Especially I
1: like the idea, I just didn't think it worked well enough to, to matter
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll, look, I'll agree The, the interface like, was awkward, trying to figure out how to go from How to take what was snapped and mm-hmm. put it into the big TV Well, that was the other th-
1: problem Was like, they're, they're basing the whole That whole OS was, was an offshoot of the Metro design When they, for some reason, thought that, you know Everything was going to be either a touchscreen or a Kinect interface And so, like, it was not built to be convenient for someone using a controller Yeah Or a mouse. You're supposed to like double
0: tap the Xbox button, and usually it would just take you home, and then you had to get back to where you had the game here, and the TV. The interface for it was was about as inelegant as possible. And that was something that always frustrated me, but uh, I really got a lot of mm-hmm. use out of it and really enjoyed it. And maybe it's something in the future that comes back when hardware is more powerful and they can pull it off a little better. I don't know. but Yeah, the
1: Scorpio might be able to do a pretty good snap feature.
0: Yeah, but then people will just complain. that. But then it'll be
1: in 4K and it'll still be just as slow because right, that's a, that's a curve. You're right. So. You're absolutely right. All right, let's move on. Let's bring the blades back. Really, just bring back the blades. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows how to use them. Yeah. You have to be
0: an idiot not to know how they work. It's like, just hit the bumpers, and it's like, shoop, shoot, shoop, shoop, shoop. Imagine how fast the blade system would work on Xbox One. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know how it you get It If you load
1: up a 360 game backwards compatibility, you get to see it happen. Yeah, you do. It's yeah. like,
0: wow, this was so good. It's pretty hilarious. <laughs> All right, let's move along. Next, we're going to talk about Resident Evil 7, Matt, again. Mm-hmm. Have you played it yet? No. Nope.
1: You haven't played it? No. Why? Well, we already talked about it, so I don't have to. You don't, But I'm saying you don't want to. I don't care, really. Why? Because I don't care about horror games. I don't care about Resident Evil much anymore. And I'll get it when it's cheaper. I'm part of the problem. No, I'm, that, I'm, so that's what we're getting at. Like, yeah. there's a lot of people, apparently, who feel like you do.
0: Mm-hmm. So they shipped two and a half million units at launch. Shipped. Yeah, not sold shipped. Not sold shipped. That's an important Mm -hmm. thing to remember. And then, I guess it was Saturday, Capcom put out numbers for Resident Evil 7 saying there's around a million people playing, and of those million people, 10% (laughs) of them are playing on PlayStation VR. Mm -hmm. So, Matt, pretty positive reviews. Metacritic sitting, like, mid-8 to high-8. Do you think this is the end of the road for Resident Evil?
1: Mm Hmm. Capcom gonna,
0: stock tanked today uh, yeah. when the markets opened up.
1: A lot of people say just because Capcom said we only shipped two and a half million of them. Mm-hmm. Well, it is... I mean, and Jim Sterling talked about this a bit this week in the Jimquisition about, like, there was just that point in the PS3 and 360 generation where horror games sort of went away. Yeah. And, like... Including Resident Evil. Including Resident it Evil. It went to... More action-oriented Yeah, and approach. Dead Space did the same thing. Yeah. I mean, on, and uh, what happened in Dead Space was probably worse than what happened earlier. Right Way there. worse, yeah. But, um... Like it just vanished. It was not a thing really anymore. And now you know you get something. You got like Alien: Isolation or kind of things like that. And that's, Soma and Soma. You know the the more indies. I mean Alien: Isolation is an in, isn't is an indie game, but like the horror niche seems to have been filled for the most part by indie stuff and lower budget, less less high risk things. And so yeah, maybe maybe the era of Resident Evil being a major budget franchise is just not in the cards anymore.
0: I mean, look, I play, I'm play. i a huge horror fan. I love horror movies. Last night I sat up for an hour trying to figure out what, what horror movie to watch. I ended up watching Ouija 2. <laughs> Which actually was pretty good. I was pleasantly surprised by that movie. I think Resident Evil 7 is the best horror game, maybe as far as scares, that I've ever played. Like, mm-hmm. it is that freaking scary. If you play it in VR, man, like, it's like I said in my game eval, there are some people that won't be able to handle it. Like, seriously... Will not be able to handle the game. You know, the kitchen demo, there's moments like that throughout the whole game. Moments mm-hmm. where you're getting dragged along and like you're looking all over the place. And it it is scary as crap in VR and still completely unsettling and unnerving just playing it did without. Did you play it in VR. VR at all? I did. Oh yeah, yeah, I went back and like I by the time I finished the game, I had like 15 or 16 saves because I knew all along that mm-hmm. I was going to go back. So basically what would happen is I had a save if something happened immediately after that save that I was like, that's going to be really good in VR, the next time I saved, I started a new save mm-hmm. so I could go back. So I went back and played pretty much all the pivotal moments and a couple of the more over-the-top boss fights all in VR. Got sick, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, it, I got sick again. Like they did. It's not like they did anything... Faster or slower than normal, or just... Average. Pretty much the same. Mm. You know, know, maybe a little bit longer I lasted, maybe around 20 minutes, something mm. like that. But they didn't. there's no changes from the demo version to the final version that made a drastic difference or anything. So it's getting great reviews. Um, it's a return to form for the series, which was what people have asked for for like five or six years now. Mm-hmm. I'm just shocked at how poorly it's selling. And it really makes me wonder if horror games, like you say, are just kind of... Going the way of the Dodo at this point. Mm. I didn't even really enjoy Soma, to be perfectly honest. Like, I just thought it was a boring game. And I didn't think there was a lot of like great scares. I like it, but I, I paid like three bucks for it. Right. So like that, but that's the thing, is like... Do you I'm, think the line is blurring here where people are like, wait a minute, I can play a game like Soma for five bucks. Why so would I? what?
1: I, I mean, I, I'm just not... I'm I, I Horror stuff is so subjective and, and so is, per yeah. person that like no matter how much someone praises a horror game, I'm not going to pay 60 bucks for it. I'm going to wait until it's at least half that. Like, I'll pick up Resident Evil, like, in the summer or something when there's nothing else to play, and I want to go back and do that, because right now i got other things to do. Playing that game during the summer would be odd. Well, because it looks like... Ma- not I mean, that we ever
0: get crazy winters here, but...
1: Right, but like, it, it, does it take place in the winter, or is it... It doesn't. It's just like playing a
0: game like this when it's all sunny and warm out. It's just a little odd.
1: That's what VR force is, is for, because then you're all like, yeah, you have no idea. It's <laughs> like, humid, and you're <laughs> just like, oh my god, it's like being in this crazy cabin in the south with no AC. Like, yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, and I'm just not really in a VR mood currently. So. Yeah. So
0: the graphics says survival horror, and some people may take that as just like, oh, it's. Survival horror, that's the genre. You mean right, like Res- survival of the horror.
1: Of genre. the horror
0: and the survival of Capcom. Like mm-hmm. is this a survival horror for them right. because they are counting on this game to kind of get back into the black mm-hmm. and it
1: looks like it's not doing... And that's two major disappointments in a row right. following Street Fighter That's 5. what I'm saying.
0: Like it, this is a huge thing for Capcom. And it's Capcom. like what else
1: do they go to now? Right. Hope Monster Hunter hits it big again? Here. Like I mean not it here. does great yeah. in Japan. I mean it's never
0: probably going to hit big here.
1: I yeah. mean, I'm legitimately
0: worried for Capcom at this point. They that it could turn into like another Konami.
1: Could they got to they got to release the greatest Mega Man game ever now?
0: Yeah. Well, you know not they're not going to do, do that. I mean, they have Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite coming up.
1: Yeah, that'll probably sell well. How much is that going to benefit million, them? Probably. You got to keep in mind
0: too. Resident Evil Seven is like six years since the last Resident Evil. I mean, I don't. After playing the game, I find it hard to believe they took that long
1: to create it. No, I feel it. like things must have been like torn down and built up a couple of I times. I feel
0: like they may have, may have made a couple different yeah. prototypes,
1: which they've done in the past. They've done Remember? Resident Evil 4. Remember yeah, what the yeah. first Resident Evil 4 looked like? Yeah. It looked like a
0: traditional Resident Evil game, and then ultimately they scrapped it for that. Um, and I'm disappointed because it's a great game. Like people should, You should go and buy Resident Evil 7 if you like scary games. If you like Resident Evil, you should go buy it. It's a complete return to form. And way scarier than any Resident Evil before. Like, saying it's the scariest game ever, I, I balk to say that. But it is hands down the scariest Resident Evil. Without a doubt. I mean, you know, I talk about scariest games ever. I was talking about, like, Silent Hill 2
1: mm-hmm. and some of those and games those like things, that. Like I don't really think of this Resident Evil games as very scary for the most part. This experience. game will scare you, I yeah. promise you. Well, this one looks and definitely. It's not all jump scares.
0: Lines. It's the atmosphere and the audio design right. and everything. Well, that's
1: is... why Silent Hill is effective. It is. And Resident Evil Sometimes
0: kind of... less is more.
1: Right. Resident Evil always kind of lagged behind in that regard. It was more of a B-movie zombie flick. It was not particularly, you know, one and two had their moments, but in general there's more there are almost more. I didn't find the switch to an action game with four to be all that jarring because right. they were already kind of there yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, five and six kind of went over the hedge a little bit, but uh, yeah, you know, it 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 didn't feel like an alien like evolution for the series. This this is uh, this this. I mean, this could be a Silent Hill game if you it could if be you totally. spun it if we spun it right. Yeah.
0: And, I mean, trust me, the tie-in to the Resident Evil canon is very loose. Mm. And you only ever really find out about it until, like, the very end of the game. Um, so it very easily could have been anything. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe. <laughs> they should have called it PT. <laughs> it would, definitely would have sold a lot better. Yeah. That's the funny part. If it was called PT, I guarantee it would have yeah. sold better than that at the first week. Just because
1: of the title. It's hilarious. but uh, Call, should have called it uh, Personal Trauma. Yeah. <laughs> right. And let everyone else just With call big it. Big P Big T. Right. <laughs> and then and then Konami would be like, That's Arthur. But no, it's not, doesn't exist. You can't even get it anymore. Yeah. He walked away from it. We took it. So Matt, am I reading you right when I say that you wouldn't care if Resident Evil went away? Not really. I mean, I'd be sad in the sense that something that's been around for twenty years is no longer around. Yeah. In the same way I'm sad that tony hawk isn't around you know, like, we haven't got like, a new cubert yeah <laughs> the hell's that about <laughs> but um i it wouldn't it wouldn't impact me yeah like, it's not like a, it's not like i wish for games i don't care about to go away because Yeah, there are fans there's, there's people along. that like them and yeah. you know i'm not you know i don't want to take away things i don't like just because i don't like them but like it's not gonna if, if no more resident evils ever come out i'm not gonna be particularly broken hearted about it
0: yeah but this is the thing sifters that we always talk about betting with your wallets and you know if you don't like something that's happening in the industry don't support it with your money well here's something happening in the industry that a lot of you have been asking for for a long time and it's happening and it's here and it's good you gotta go buy it you gotta support mm. it or otherwise Resident Evil will go away there are really no sacred cows. No publisher at this point in the industry not now, no. is willing to put that big a risk on something if it's not a sure thing. That at least there's like, I can be see, people I can see give it a coming chance. back.
1: I can see it coming back years from now, but it's like it'd be, it would go dormant. It would, you know, we'd basically be in a metroid. It kind
0: of situation. was. I mean, it's been over half a decade since the last mm-hmm. one after it had kind of spit them out there for a while pretty consistently. Yeah. So
1: and they gave it like the full try. I mean, they you know they came out pretty close to the, the movie, which yeah. You know, that I don't. I don't really see how they could have had Mindshare share be much higher. Yeah. But it just didn't. I haven't seen any marketing for it hardly at all. Have you? Um, I saw a couple commercials on like expanded cable, but like no like. I haven't seen billboard. I, mean, I haven't seen a Last Guardian level. Think about that. Push. We have yeah. not
0: seen a billboard around LA for Resident no. Evil Seven. That's crazy. Mm-hmm.
1: Every game is advertised here on
0: billboards. Every one of them.
1: Like, yeah. even have a moderate one, yeah. budget,
0: like, you see billboards all over the city, you've seen nothing for Resident Evil 7, mm-hmm. so... You'd
1: think they... At least you would have maybe seen, like, a joint billboard of the Resident Evil movie and... Right. ...7, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. these two things are both coming cross out close to each yeah. other, like, go have your yourself a Resident Evil day. Kind and of thing. maybe
0: they should have done some kind of crazy yeah. cross-promotion where... You go and see the movie, you get a discount on the mm-hmm. game, or you buy the game, you get a free movie ticket. Yeah, to the other question the is, like, I
1: mean, they, they did put out, you know, enough chances to play this thing yeah, demo-wise. Yeah, the demo's been out there, yeah. So maybe people just didn't like it.
0: That could be. And, I, look, I would agree that demo is not good. hmm I mean, the kitchen's great, but the other demo that they put out where you walk around and you're trying to get the finger, like...
1: <laughs> that's not a good way to demo the game. Yeah. and you it's... certainly don't want to tell someone about that. No. I got the finger! <laughs> <laughs> Walk around the kitchen to get the finger what? Okay.
0: Yeah I would agree that demo was not It was not good It was not representative of what the final game is Really at all it,
1: mm. uh, I'd like to see them bring back Dino Crisis personally
0: I mean honestly the demo reminded me of PT Which I also yeah. wasn't a big fan of I still don't understand what the big deal was about that Um, But the real game is really nothing like that Mm. demo
1: or anything like PT. It is... If you made a first-person game, a game like this in VR for Dino Crisis, I would buy that. Interesting. I'm not saying i So you're
0: saying dinosaurs... Greater than zombies. Would,
1: yes. Although there uh, aren't even really zombies in this, but I would I would rather see VR Dino I mean, that's why I or bought, are there? That's why I bought that or stupid Robinson game. <laughs> I don't
0: want to spoil anything for anybody.
1: Um, that's why I bought that stupid Robinson game. See dinosaurs in VR. There's a lot of dinosaurs in VR, but like I like Dino Crisis. especially like Dino Crisis Two, which a lot of people think is some kind of sacrilege because it's really more of an action game. It is. Yeah. Um, as far as like you know the pre-rendered perspective games, uh, that was about as you know action as they got. But I really enjoyed it. I thought it fit the, the faster, you know, Raptor-style things better, and I played it a lot, and uh, I missed Dino... And then Dino Crisis 3 came out, and it was in space, and it was Dude. in... The, bleh, they like, killed that franchise. Oh, that, that was... They just stabbed it right through the heart. Oh, that was just... I mean, I rarely do you see a series get more of a running start before just being driven right into a wall. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's just, like, that was amazing. They made sure
0: it got up enough speed so that when it hit the wall, it would die. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just continuing that whole trend. Really, uh, Resident Evil might be the only horror series that escaped the whole, like, once it hits three, just stop playing them. Yeah. Thing. There's a certain po- or just stop making them, which also is the thing that happens. Yeah. Because after Silent Hill 3, mm, Dino Crisis 3 ended, Dead Space 3, that was the end of that. Yeah. Um, Resident Evil got better after Resident 3. Evil got better after three, <laughs> yeah. It's like they, they bucked the trend. And
0: the only thing I'll say, too, about Resident Evil 7 before we move on is that um, it does pretty much incorporate elements of every Resident Evil ever made. Every single one of the mainline games, there's at least one element from Hmm. those games that you see, obviously, in Resident Evil 7. So, people asking if they go back, like, they took it literally. Like, Hmm. there's the whole nemesis kind of thing going on through big parts of the game, and obviously, it still owes a lot to Resident Evil 4, and, yeah. And it has the puzzles and stuff from the first two, and... I get to punch a boulder? No punching boulders. What the hell? That's
1: where they draw the line. What else do um, you take from Resident Evil 6? Yeah.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I think the first, like, mission, Leon's mission is what you take away from Resident Evil Mm. 6 because it was the only part of the game that was even vaguely like the old games, and it was the one part of the game that most people praised. Mm. So I'm guessing that's probably it. But um, go buy it, people. you got to support it if you want it to stick around you want it to come back. If you don't, then...
1: Yeah, I hate you. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I don't want it to go away. The only reason I would buy it would be to support the idea of VR stuff, and yeah, I feel like that may be a lost cause at this point. Look,
0: it's probably the best VR game ever made. Hmm. I'm not kidding. That's still not enough. Not really. No. (laughs) You should give it a whirl. I think you may. may, I think it may change your mind if you actually try it. Not for sixty bucks. Yeah. Hopefully, other people don't feel that way. Capcom needs that extra 10 to 20 dollars for this game I think
1: but we'll see but I was glad when he got the early copy and played it because I'm just like oh if we talk about this that means I don't have to buy one <laughs> I don't have to play it and so I didn't yeah well, I, got, I got other stuff to play I'll yeah. be interested
0: though if you do eventually play it and you come just make sure you let me know because yeah. I, well, I do want to hear your perspective and I'm sure the sifters do as well to see what you think of, of it because obviously we're two different
1: people with different mm. tastes so well we'll see I'll, I'll keep an eye on cheap ass gamer, and we'll We'll get it for a good price.
0: There we go. All right, let's move along. Today, embargo broke for a rash of Horizon Zero Dawn footage and previews. Um, Sony put out a 20-minute chunk of gameplay, the biggest look at the game yet. Mm. Um, and this, for the first time, and we're seeing it right now, you really get to see the full gameplay loop of Horizon Zero Dawn. Matt, what struck you most about this?
1: Well, I mean, it's it's been... Called a, a an action RPG the whole time, but like yeah. the uh, the action RPG uh, structure really goes far beyond what they've been showing before now. This is the
0: first time it's ever really looked. If there, this is the first time we ever saw the RPG and the action RPG. I would mm. argue. Yeah, it
1: looks it looks sizable.
0: Crafting is huge. Mm. Crafting is a huge and resource gathering is a huge part of this. Honestly. It looks to me like they followed the temple or the, the template of the Tomb Raider reboots, yeah, particularly Rise of the Tomb Raider, where it really got really deep into crafting and.
1: There's a lot of Tomb Raider from... in this. There's a, of, uh, there's a lot of Far Cry, I think. Yeah, because the hunting is huge in this. Yeah, but that was big in Tomb so, Raider as well. Somewhat. I don't. I think this looks much more involved than Tomb Raider ever got. Um, you know, there's a there's a lot of luring and then you can override this guy and take him as a horse mount and, uh, it's like, there's a, it looks like there's a lot of uh, interaction with the world beyond what, like, we expected from just sort of being an open world Far Cry kind of, uh, clone, which it is not, clearly. Um, a lot of dialogues, dialogue, Mass Effect style dialogue trees, um, which I don't remember seeing before, although I'm, I, I've, I've been kind of avoiding a lot of media on this one because I feel like I'm I'm sold. Yeah. Like I don't need to I don't need to see any like you got me. I'm in. Like I don't need to see any more. Um the the world is very expansive. You see them see her go through a couple different environments in this 20 minute thing. Uh clearly uh as we're about to see up here, uh some of the lip syncing is not done because they keep cutting away when other characters talk because it looks like the the they're they're not done quite uh, finishing the uh, the facial animations.
0: I don't even know if it's that bad. I think that's just maybe the way the game is going to be.
1: That would be unfortunate.
0: Because uh, I, one thing I would argue is that the facial expressions when they're talking are not particularly they, no, they're not good. particularly
1: good. But hers are markedly because like every time it, like the other guy talks, they cut to the developers staring at nothing. Yeah. And the only reason you would do that is something is not finished about what. The footage would be otherwise because yeah, like how the blatant o- this is Because that's the only time they cut back to them Is when other, when NPCs are talking And they're doing nothing and saying nothing
0: yeah. They're just sitting there They're not adding commentary or anything It's just cut to and the guys come, yeah.
1: And now they come to this And he, you know, he's, he's more or less you know, speaking normal It's close to finish but you can still see He's not quite on the level of uh, What's your name? Alloy? Yeah And um but every, And they do it with another guy later in, the, later in the demo where they cut back to them while he's talking. I'm just like, okay, something, something's wrong. So they're hiding
0: something yeah. here. Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, Dialogue but, trees,
0: though, are extensive in this. Oh, yeah. I was blown away by it looks, this. It looks footage, like there's man. a lot there's of like eight lo- options to reply to
1: somebody. Yeah, it looks like there's a lot of lore uh, to uncover about the world, which is good. I mean, yeah. it's kind of like the, the most intriguing part yeah. of, of the game. Um, is this world they're in, and sort of and why? this guy, like this guy, belongs to some sort of offshoot tribe that like has like this other matriarch who ordered him to stay here. So you have to you have to go find her to because he wants to go find her, but he can't disobey the order. So she, you know, that's just, you, they don't take her take him up on that other quest right. in this demo, but like you can go do that before you move on. Um, like I, I get, I'm getting like a like a Mass Effect vibe out of it or Dragon Dragon yeah. Age vibe out of it, and I dig that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the, so, fa- the I mean, look, the faces technically look great. Yeah. I mean, the detail and everything, but for whatever reason, their facial animation just isn't quite Isn't there, there? I
1: mean, this is. I mean, obviously, we know, um, you know if you've got something that's polished up enough to be a demo you're going to share with people. Um, this this build is probably a couple months old. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's an offshoot of a build from a couple months ago, so that stuff just might not be ready yet. And I'm sure they are ready now, uh, or getting there, because they're they got a what they got a month. To get this thing out.
0: That's really good news.
1: Uh, (laughs) We're (laughs) going to be playing this in a month. And uh, 28 days. Yeah, it's great. um, I'm really excited. Unless unless some certain locations uh, get something early. Yeah, right. Uh, Fingers crossed. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the main uh, reaction I have to this uh, demo is like, man, I cannot wait to dig into this. Yeah. So would you say it's made you more excited for the game or less? I, I mean, I guess it's been my most wanted game since... Last August, yeah. so I don't know if you can really get me more interested. in Yeah, yeah, in that. that's a good but like, point. <laughs> but it certainly encourages me to to not doubt my uh, ex- my excitement for it. Uh, you know, which is the opposite of my last most most anticipated game, which was No Man's Sky. Whereas, like the demos coming up close to that, were sort of making me go, mm, yeah. "What's going?" You know, even even up to the release w- week of that, we were sort of like, "I don't know what's going to happen." This one, I feel like I know what I'm getting into, and it's going to be solid, unless. Unless like it just feels terrible to control, which I feel like that's probably not going to happen. You can
0: see lots of draw in this footage. Though. Oh yeah, the trees popping up on the hor- on the horizon. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> look, I will concur with you though. I uh, I'm way I'm way more excited after watching this. To me, this game has far more depth to it than I expected. Mm. The crafting and everything in it. I never dreamed it was going to be as extensive as it is. I uh. I always thought that this was going to stray way more onto the action side mm-hmm. of the action RPG spectrum, and it looks like it's not. I mean, it looks just like Fallout to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> somebody's Somebody's spatial animation wasn't done again. Yeah.
0: I mean, it, it looks like Fallout to me with maybe more immediate combat than what you are getting yeah. from
1: Fallout. Um, I
0: mm-hmm. don't know if it's necessarily got the dice rolling underneath the hood. It doesn't...
1: Sort of appear to be that I don't way. Know about that, but it, and it definitely seems to have better writing than uh, Ford did. Yeah, um, I'm already more interested in this than I was. Oh, in the world before. and everything.
0: Well, anytime, anytime you're experiencing a universe for the first time, it's mm-hmm. gonna.
1: Yeah, I'd never been exciting. to Boston and Fallout before. I just didn't care. Yeah, but it's still the same universe. It's <laughs> yeah. that
0: same kind of... I don't know how to explain it. Tone and... Mm-hmm. It's like you've seen the other cities run down post-nuclear. Now you're seeing Boston run down post-nuclear. Oh. Um, it's fresh. It looks sol- It looks great. Um, it, it is funny, though, how when I first saw this game, how it was mind-blowing as far as the visuals are concerned. And now... It's kind of come back to the pack a little bit. Mm. Or I, would, I wouldn't say that. I would say the pack maybe caught up with it a little bit in, mm. since it was first announced. It still looks good. It's oh, just, yeah, of course. You know,
1: there's that natural curve of, of advancement. I think this, you know, the same thing's going to happen. Actually, with uh, not to beat that dead horse, but uh, Star Citizen. Yeah. Everybody looks at that and it's like, oh my god, how can a game look that good and run on modern? Well, because it's not going to run on modern PCs. Yeah. Going to run on your next PC. And then five years it comes later, twenty twenty, yeah. you know, like <laughs> and everything's going to look as good and it, or as or better by then. Yeah. So like, that's the thing is like you're just seeing stuff early. Yeah. And you know, although again. Uh, this is also a good game, a good argument for PS Pro because PS Pro, uh, it does definitely look better on the Pro.
0: Yeah, I also like too how you were talking earlier about how there's kind of these other rival factions and tribes, mm-hmm. and you have to almost have like some form of diplomacy with those other tribes to mm-hmm. help you accomplish your goals. And sometimes you're going to lend a hand to them to help them accomplish theirs. Like, I wonder if there's some kind of an end game there where mm-hmm. everyone kind of comes together. I don't know. I just. A lot of po- a lot of possibilities have been kind of opened up with this demo on a number of levels: the narrative, the gameplay, the RPG elements, the crafting. Um, I'm really excited, man. Um, this might—I don't know if this will be the last time we talk about Horizon on the show before it comes out, but probably not. I'm sure there'll be one more kind of thing. I think this might be it. I think this might be the big preview before yeah. the release. I mean, it's. Four weeks away, you know?
1: know, Maybe it'll be like an unboxing or something. is not something we talk about normally. Right, right. But
0: I'm saying as far as like new information, here's a big chunk of gameplay, this is probably it before we finally get the the real deal. I do have
1: the ridiculous statue version. Oh, you do? Which I don't usually do, but I do like her character design. So I'm going to hopefully... It's a good statue and not a Witcher 3 statue. And
0: hopefully it, it when it shows up it isn't all beat up and the paint isn't all chipped. Yeah.
1: Off. <laughs> yeah, no man. But it seems all to be happening
0: right. not just with that game lately like a bun like the Resident Evil 7 houses. They
1: had to recall those yeah. because they were all broken. Although so. the Resident Evil houses weren't delayed by six months and right. continually emailed me to right. talk about how the delay was to make them perfect and then they showed up with all the paint chipping off and a coat of paint, one coat of paint that I could see the metal through. I was not happy with my No Man's Sky collector's edition in case people were gathering this. Nobody so, has been. Everyone's been complaining it was, about it. Was it was bad. And I was like, I, I emailed them. I was like, like, can I exchange this for one that like looks better? And they're like, we'll take it back. We'll take your feedback into thing thing for, for next time. I'm like, oh, there ain't going to be a next time yeah so like, <laughs> you want i think done. i learned my lesson about ordering physical things that are not vinyl albums from from im8-bit on yeah this one. im8-bit did that yeah the im8-bit Ooh. handled the whole thing oh wow and it was uh that's disappointing it's, it's those guys are usually top notch it wasn't a bad model but it wasn't 175 bucks worth a model wow so i didn't realize you know. they were that much it was 150 plus tax and right shit. But uh, it was 175 bucks, and I got this this ship that like all the yellow was chipping off because they used a different kind of enamel paint on it. That it was like, look, man, I collect enough Transformers and Gundam stuff that I know they should. Know. That was the it's wrong IMA paint it. to use for that. There's other people that have, have had wings broken off. There's people who have had yeah. fingerprints in the paint, and it's just I've seen like, I mean, stories. hand. I know they're hand painted, but like, come on, yeah. like, wait, don't grab it before it's dry. It's yeah. basic. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping that. Uh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn uh, manages to give me a better. Qu- and also, we had the uh, the issue with The Witcher 3 statue where uh, Geralt's face looked like it was melting, like a, like a candle or something, because yeah. painted. Yeah. Yeah. And that was another instance, right? Like, we'll take the whole thing back if you want, but otherwise, go fuck yourself. And I'm like, all right, sure, no more statues. So this yeah. is my this is my last shot. If this there one doesn't work out, I'm not buying any more statues. How going I hold you to that? <laughs> well, it's like, well, Zelda, I didn't order the statue. Yeah? I ordered the... The, the, the Master Sword one? Is I ordered the special edition, but the $99 one that doesn't come with the statue thing. Gotcha. Because, like, A, I don't particularly love statues, uh, and B, every time I've taken a shot at one of these statues, it's turned out terrible, so... And the
0: chances of that one getting broken in particular, because it's like this
1: base with a sword that sticks up like right. that, it's so easy to right.
0: snap that sword, like... Not worth rolling the dice yeah. on that one
1: so and am i mean, I don't understand the statue thing as a kind of an overall concept for the i mean, it's like who ordered the ghost Recon one with the bearded oh beard? I know like, who, like... who wants that <laughs> like at least like the the you know like the i got the um the eco or not eco uh, uh, last guardian one I got that was that yeah. was nice that that's a good, well. one, yeah. that was a good one yeah good one. Or, you know, at least uh, Alloy is, like, the, the main character, right. and she looks cool. Yeah. Uh, whereas, like, I really want kind of a slightly overweight bearded man <laughs> with, like, dirty with, like man. Operated, operator gear on. Like, what is that? I don't know who's going to buy that. It was so dumb. And believe I,
0: me, I'm rooting for Ghost Recon while. I feel like a lot of people <laughs> are
1: going to get that are like, look a lot like that statue, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, that's me. <laughs> I got a me. That could and, be why, yeah. I, I, might, I might have bought it if, it, if it if I had a longer beard, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move along. Next, we're going to talk about
0: Scorpio. Eurogamer. Once again, Eurogamer's is turning into, like, the Leakmeisters. Mm. They uh, obviously got all that information on the Switch early, and now it somehow got leaks of Scorpio's real specs. Matt, were you impressed by those
1: specs for eh, Scorpio? Well, I mean... It's pretty good. I think they're real good. It makes me wonder what the price is going to be. I know. Uh, makes me also glad I don't have to buy it. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's going to be a pricey system. It is going to be, I think. But it is the power level that people, you know, the real core enthusiasts seem to be demanding, so maybe it's good. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's. it feels like, and maybe that was unrealistic for the price they ended up charging for it, but it feels like Scorpio is what people were thinking or maybe hoping the PS4 Pro was going to be. Right. Um, And it's going to, you know, it's going to be probably worth it if you're into the if you're into those those games those exclusives and you're not a pc owner uh i can't think of a better way to play something like forza 7 which is probably what you're going to be playing on this thing well the launch. developer
0: of Ori and the blind forest came out and said that he thinks it's the next generation that it's mm-hmm. not like this incremental thing like you got with the ps4 pro that it is like the next generation like the leap of is big hardware. enough to call it yeah. yeah
1: that's a big deal yeah do you think it'll be able to run native 4k with those specs? Um, well, they were saying it's supposed to be able to do it, uh, but then that's also what the PS4 Pro is supposed to be able to do, and it doesn't seem to Did do that. Did they ever say album. native 4K, though? I don't know if they said native 4K, but they kept talking about 4K, and now we're getting checkerboard 2180 or 2160 on stuff like Horizon, and it's like, well, right. I mean, that's fine. I don't even have a 4K TV set, so I'm no skin off mine. I'm, you know, It's going to be downsampled at best, but right. like, uh, we'll see. I don't know. The specs maybe It depends on the game, but uh, you know, maybe Halo 6 won't run at full 4K, but I bet like, Ori and the Blind Force 2 will. Yeah, I, uh,
0: I was really impressed with those specs, to be honest with you. I know that there was kind of like some loose ones floating out mm-hmm. there, but these specs ended up being kind of the higher end of the rumors that mm-hmm. were floating around.
1: How much do you think that's going to cost, if those are correct? We've uh, got another $500 system there.
0: Well, here's the thing. So Pactor answers a question about that in an upcoming episode, so mm. I've kind of cheated a little bit. And I also don't want to spoil Pax's answer for, <laughs> what, for that question. So I don't know if I want to really guess. Um, the one thing I will say is I think for it to be competitive, Microsoft is going to have to take a loss in the hardware. Mm. Um, I don't see any other way... That even with you know assuming that it's buying in huge bulk and it's getting parts at a cheaper price, mm-hmm. I still think that you're going to need to take a loss in the hardware
1: yeah, well, to make it. Usually, people are willing, you know, companies are willing to do that because of the razor blade, you know, philosophy. The one, that, the one company that doesn't do that is Nintendo, which is why we're yeah. paying three hundred bucks for a Switch. Right. Um, but
0: you know what? If it really is a leap. People, I think people will pay it. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to g- have games to entice you into it, though. That's the rub. And, you know, now Microsoft is going to get... If it really is that big of a jump, Microsoft is going to get into this weird, almost Nintendo-ish
1: place where it's mm-hmm. almost
0: creating software for two platforms. And we know how that's worked out for
1: Nintendo. Yep. Well, but... then who knows where, you know, when Sony enters, enters the fray with the next PlayStation Leap. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you've got three different companies with, you know... The the, the the borders on the generations become very blurry at that point. They're already blurry. I think. Oh yeah, but like at that point, you're like, well, who's making what for this, and who? What do you? Because it used to be like, you know, everything comes out at once. Everything's pretty much parity with itself. Some things are better, basic things, and others you have to pick which one you think is the best or which one has the exclusive games you want. And now it's become like, well, what year do you want to buy in? It's almost like buying a car now. It's, it's like you're never gonna get the best one. You just yeah. have to pick the one you need right now, almost. I
0: actually have a question for you, Matt. Um, I personally, I, I was going to buy a PlayStation 4 Pro, and I ended up not. I ended up backing out and not getting it. I still have my mm. base PS4. Do you regret buying a PlayStation 4 Pro at all?
1: No. If you didn't have oodles of disposable income, do you think you would regret it? Um, I don't think I could answer that question until after Horizon. Okay. It depends what, how, how well it point. runs Horizon... Uh, it did run Final Fantasy better. Yeah. It did run well, sort of until they, again, eh, kind of. It definitely ran Last Guardian better, um, and it makes the VR games like clear. You know, it's not crystal clear, but it makes it clearer in a way that makes me not notice they're not very clear. Right. If that makes any <laughs> it sense, it does make sense. It's, yeah. it's, you know, like putting Robinson in after I upgraded PS PS4, you know, playing it on normal PS4, is like, oh yeah, I see. Okay. What does that say? Okay. And then, like, you look in the same room with like the posters at the beginning on PS4 Pro. It's like you can read everything on the walls. Right. And like. It's a minor thing. It's not a gameplay. It's thing. It's not minor, but we're it, talking but about VR though. You know, VR helps. every little bit helps like big time. So, uh, so yeah. I mean, as someone who was already dumb enough to buy a PSVR, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't really regret doing that because you could probably sell about. it on eBay now for like
0: double what you paid for it. So PSVR, yeah. Oh, oh they're, they're, people can't find them anywhere. They're going
1: for crazy prices on. If you have a box one, they're going for like big bucks. I still have the box. I don't know. I mean, I like them. I just haven't used it recently. Yeah. Well, um, I just and not not until Star Trek comes out, man. Like, you know, I it's... do
0: wonder how much I'm going to use that thing now that I've finished Resident Evil 7, though.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, look, basically if I'd, um, you know, factor in the trade-in for the original PlayStation 4 and it really wasn't that much of a hit. Yeah. Um, and it is, uh, you know, it is... Faster, most stuff does seem to work better. I was, I'd I probably never go back to World of Final Fantasy again because they I waited for them to fix that because they screwed up the depth of field on the, yeah, on the PS4 yeah. Pro. Been a lot of screwed up PS4 Pro upgrade patches, yeah, uh, that then had to go back and be fixed. That was kind of disappointing, but. It seems like know. the
0: consensus on the PlayStation 4 Pro is that it's not worth it. Like, the word on the street mm-hmm. from people who bought it or people who are thinking about buying it, it seems like a lot of people kind of rejected it. Yeah,
1: I mean, I would still say if you don't have a PS4 at all, that's the one to get. Yeah. Because it's only 100 bucks more, and you're going to get better performance out of it, and, and it's going to become more and more supported as time goes on. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's not an essential upgrade if you already have a PS4. I wonder what the market's going to be for Scorpio. I don't know. I think it depends entirely on what they're releasing with it to play. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to be buying. Clearly we don't know anything about the second half of this year for the most part. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people who are going
0: to buy a Nintendo Switch this year. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the PlayStation 4 Pro just launched. And they have the Slim. And they're going to, obviously, Sony's just going to keep moving consoles. Mm-hmm. And you start looking at the Scorpio at the end of the year, which is probably going to be on the higher end of the price-wise. And you're starting to wonder now, what's the software? Where's right. the software?
1: Because we oh. know nothing about Microsoft. Well, they announced today that.
0: that randomly Phil Spencer says that Phantom Dust is coming in the next two months. Right. Which, you know, what? not a word about,
1: not a frame of, of footage. Nessie's for... going
0: to tell us a scale bound is coming out like next week or something. Like Because yeah. I... well,
1: we thought Phantom Dust was at the very least on hold. Yeah. Well, unquote. they did.
0: They said it they was. They shut
1: the developer yeah. down. Yeah. So who's making what it? What is going on over there? I mean, I like Phantom Dust on the original Xbox quite a bit. I'm yeah. happy to see it come back. But yeah. like, what? And, and, you, and you just sort of drop that? And middle, and that's like, also not a hardware mover, by the way. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Phantom Dust is not a hardware it's, mover. I mean, it's a hardware mover in the sense that it might, it might get me to pick up the controller again. Right. <laughs> but, like, it's not going to sell anybody a system. It move it from its yeah. encrusted <laughs> dust that it's
0: been piling up around it all right. this time. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But, I, don't,
1: I mean, there maybe there's three people in the world who will buy an Xbox One to play Phantom Dust. Yeah. Uh, and they should probably wait for Scorpio. Yeah, exactly. Like I just feel like the Scorpio is coming in this weird place, like Oh, it real. I mean it really depends what they're launching it with. This E three is gonna be huge. Is for you know, who knows what they got? I don't I mean clearly Forza Seven is in there. Yep. Um presumably Crackdown three. Yeah. Um they could theoretically I mean Crackdown su-
0: three, Matt, has to come out this year. Yeah. They could they, theoretically surprise us with something
1: Halo, out. but I think Halo Wars two was your Halo for the year. Yeah. I am.
0: I don't. I, theoretically, I don't think that's even possible.
1: No. Maybe, maybe like a big Halo Wars Two expansion thing, like a DLC thing. Yeah, that you know, better on Scorpio or something. Right. Um. I know there's a lot of people thinking that they were going to do an Oculus tie-in, but I'm. I
0: think they just said last week that that's
1: not. Yeah, the case. I, I feel like it's time to back away from them slowly until the Zenimax lawsuit yeah, is done. Yeah, exactly. That's probably a good um, idea.
0: Speaking of which, I haven't heard the verdict
1: on that yet. I don't think it's been gotten a verdict yet. How long is the jury gonna deliberate? It's been like a week. Can go a long time. I guess so. What the hell? I
0: I didn't even think to check up uh, on that.
1: I don't know. My mom had had a friend who was on a murder jury uh, that she they were in deliberation for like a month.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: I thought by then they just called a hung jury or
0: mistrial or whatever. Yeah, it depends on why it's taking so long. Interesting. Uh, but I think it's um, speaking of interesting. I think Scorpio is gonna be interesting. I think it's gonna be like a case study that people look at for mm. a long time after this on whether. Incremental hardware upgrades are the
1: right thing to do. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, between the Switch and, and the Scorpio, it's, uh, and Pro, I mean, the, 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 but this year is going to be the litmus test for that. And it's like, who was right? Was Nintendo right to put out a totally different thing? Was Sony right to put out a, a, a small, baby step? a small step, a, a you know step forward, but not a giant leap, and or is Microsoft correct to basically jump to the next generation before everyone else without admitting it? Yeah, and that's re- what it really comes in. that into, is what, a weird
0: part, isn't it?
1: Well, well, that, I guess like <laughs> I guess we don't really know if they're admitting it or not until we see what they call it. Right. I mean, Scorpio is a code name, so what do they, I mean, if they call it the Xbox One Two, One Two xbox next what i don't know you for ultra hd i don't even know what if they just call it windows 11 or what if they just call it xbox 4k mm-hmm. it is the fourth xbox right that could be it it could be probably not probably not <laughs> <laughs> it's a good guess though but you'd have to be real confident of your ability to put, do stuff in 4k i mean Similar to, you know, back when uh, Sony was trying to sell uh, the PS3 as the HD era. Yeah. Next-gen begins when we say it does. You yeah. Remember, you remember that? You remember, yeah, I do. Remember? Yeah. Man, those guys really thought they were, the, they were the greatest they really thing in the world. Did. They thought They, they <laughs> thought everybody was going to beat the path to the door for the cell processor. No.
0: Nope. Didn't work out that way. Uh, but, you know, E3's coming up again really quickly, which just blows my mind that another E3 is starting to knock on the door already, and I think we'll probably know a lot more then. But uh, And I think we might also get information on scorpio leading up to e3 it seems like microsoft is. oh yeah i cut out of the bag now that the specs are out
1: yeah. there well now that um i mean hell look if, if there can be that as many leaks as there were on the switch uh which which you know a lot of those leaks turn out to be false they did yeah but uh we got a couple of real things here and there yeah. and uh you know microsoft I, as i as i expect does not have the security that nintendo does so. i mean look we knew what the switch was before yeah. it was announced that's a big deal. Especially
0: yeah. after Nintendo had lied. <laughs> when people asked them if it was a, hi- a hybrid, and they are like, no, and it was. Yeah. And still, these publications were brave enough to trust their sources. They are saying, oh, yes, it is. It's exactly mm-hmm. what you guys
1: think it is. Um, so yes. the base functionality of the system, we did know before oh, it yeah. came Oh, yeah, for out a from, long time. Yeah, it so. was just a matter of how they were going to do it, and nobody called that one. Really. No. <laughs> so, except that one 4chan guy. Yeah, exactly. Very oddly, 4chan was right for once. So let's
0: move on. Next, we're going to talk about... Something that really struck me over the last week, it's the Lunar New Year, the Chinese mm-hmm. New Year, and uh, last week I was doing some curating and I was just shocked at how many games had special events for Chinese New Year. It's almost like China's a big market or something. I mean, it's really not that big of a market, though, for a lot of games, because they just for the started... Games doing
1: those events, though. Right.
0: Well, is I mean, it? The, yeah,
1: Overwatch is trying to sell you loot crates. Over, I mean, it's Heroes it's, of the Storm?
0: Is that yeah, big in China?
1: Big enough. It's a PC game. It's a PC uh, MOBA. I mean, yeah. sure. Yeah, I guess it would be. But but anyway, so that sparked my interest in... China loves Blizzard. Everybody loves Blizzard. Yeah, but the, Blizzard made a head, headway in China before just about anybody.
0: Yeah. And uh, so I, the looter stuff just got me going. And I started thinking about it And I was shocked at how many special events are happening inside games now. Mm -hmm. Whether it's for the Lunar New Year or the Western New Year or Christmas or Halloween this past year. There was Mm -hmm. like 20 different games that did Halloween events. Matt, why do you think this is a
1: pretty recent phenomenon in games? Yeah, but it comes alongside the rise of gaming as a, you know, games as a platform. It's, it's a reason to log in and see what's different and see what's new and maybe play a little bit and maybe spend some money on something that you haven't seen yet. But here's
0: the thing. most it of it works are free. on
1: me. They're free. Right, but like they want you to spend money on whatever they sell in, for real money in the store, you know? It's like, I mean Marvel Heroes... So you're saying they're
0: using a Trojan horse to get people to re-engage with a game and then just go peruse the store?
1: More or less, yeah. That's because most of the items and stuff you get with these, you don't have to pay for them. Right, but the idea is you'll get involved again. You'll, and then then you'll spend money, and it's like uh, like um, you know, Marvel Heroes does that. It doesn't, you know, they don't do holiday events, but they do. They did, a, I think they did a Halloween thing, but they do and Christmas stuff and an anniversary stuff. And you know, I know do that. I log in, you get your free thing, you poke around. Oh, they got this here, and oh, got a co- oh, that's a cool new costume. Maybe I'll get that. You know, and that's what you know. Overwatch does the. Th- I mean, Overwatch doesn't really need to get more people to log yeah, in. 25 like, yeah, twenty five million people hit. But, like, uh, that's the idea, is, like, you know, you go, you have this free game you play. You haven't really paid attention to it for a long time because you're not paying a subscription fee, so who cares? Um, you know, and uh, that's one of the only reasons I've logged in to Star Wars Elder Public Republic uh, a couple last few months is they well, did special MMORPGs. things, log in and get your things, and that's kind of how it works.
0: MMORPGs, I would say, is one genre that's kind of done this for a long time. Yeah. Like I remember, I think World of Warcraft has probably done it for oh, almost yeah. a Never decade. Neverquest did it forever, yeah. and
1: even Ultima Online had special events like that, not yeah. like massively promoted outside the game, but like you know, there's always been some kind of thing where it's like, oh, this is going to happen, and everything's going to change. And hell, yeah. they even did it when they shut games down. I remember the uh, um, the the end of uh, City Heroes was like they had uh, they had aliens invade and kill everybody. Right, right, and like. Yeah. Uh, so and like I think at some point they realize that hey that's a cool thing to do, to get people re- to reengage with what are really the, some of the most repetitive games in the in the medium, right? And feel like something new is and interesting is happening. So
0: Cosmetics I, and MMORPGs are, well, it's changing now. But yeah. used to be that used to be the genre where it was bigger than any other genre, right? And over time, that whole element is starting to creep over. Mm-hmm. I think Team Fortress too is probably one of the first games yep, that kind perhaps. of bridged that gap. And, and start that... to make people think, people who enjoyed other genres made them start to think about, hey, maybe this is something I might be interested mm-hmm. in. But I'm, I'm surprised to hear you say that you, that this Trojan horse works on you. Because, like, I look at, like, we're looking at the trailers for a bunch of
1: this stuff right now. Well, I don't generally and, like, actually buy much when I do, but, I but do, it does it, get, you it log get me back in. to log back in, yeah. yeah see, that to, does it for me. To get the free pet or, pet or the, the, the hat or whatever, you know, sometimes, it depends on the
0: game. That doesn't work on me, like, you know, when they did the festival thing in Final Fantasy Fifteen, I didn't boot up Final Fantasy Fifteen and go oh, check no, it out. No, like, why would I do that?
1: But, I mean, it's the same <laughs> like, thing, though. It was like a special. Well, it's a, usually, it's a game I like, is kind of the thing, you know? Like, yeah. Like, you know, I'll be like, oh, there's a there's a thing if you log in to and log into Marvel Heroes today. Marvel Heroes will probably want to go back to the Marvel Heroes and Old Republic are the two I go back to the most. Like, yeah, log into the, uh, to Marvel Heroes and you get a free whatever today. I'm like, all right, I'll do that. And I log in, like, yeah, cool. And I look at my, okay, that's a cool character. Yeah, cool. Like, I remember that. All right, maybe I'll go play some of this. You know, and like so, you know, a couple times I've ended up playing that game for a week after that. Yeah. And maybe I didn't spend any money on them, but I did play it. Yeah. You know, which is something like it. it it worked to some degree and sometimes it's sometimes it's almost just like i just need that little nudge to remind me like oh yeah i like doing that maybe i'll go do that i mean here's the thing like obviously it works so they wouldn't be doing right. it but for me i'm just trying to figure out why it doesn't
0: work on me like i've never played i've never played a special event in a
1: video game in my whole life wow
0: did they ever do them in fantasy star online
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I think maybe that yeah. was the only time maybe, I, like, I ever did it. Like Halloween, like rappies coming out of pumpkins. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff. Like, I yeah, think yeah, that was the only those. time yeah. I ever did one. It was usually just like they decorated the lobby. Yeah, and it was like well, it was like a special dungeon you could go through to get like a, like, like you get like, candy cane swords and stuff. And I didn't log way. in yeah.
0: just to do it. It just so happened that it I was playing when you did when it. I went yeah. in there. Yeah, it wasn't in you know they didn't message stuff back then anywhere near the level they do now. Like you like saw, maybe it, you, get,
1: you get like a pop up when you like log in. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're gonna do this. So, they you didn't, didn't get, put like, out a
0: trailer for Halloween in no, 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 Fantasy no. Star Online, like they do with this stuff. Like, it's pretty crazy the, the shift. And you're right. I think it is the games as a platform thing. It's that mm-hmm. whole different business model uh, that they're following, and this is kind of their way to market it. I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's the video game, you know, the online video game equivalent of like you know, putting balloon tying balloons up outside the the used car lot or something. Yeah. Like that It's just like. A bunch You're of right. colory crap up and get or those like snake dudes blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I mean, hell, those have been in some of these events. I've seen you could know, get one of those as like a pet in a couple of those things. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: That's hilarious.
1: A little, a little nod to the idea. <laughs> right, where, right. Where I
0: got it. But like, or the dude standing out with the spin in the signs, like oh, outside yeah, the yeah. mobile phone place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all the same thing. These
1: guys are great. <laughs> I've never ever gone to see any of the things they're pointing at, but nope. I I like watching them at a step. So it only works in vi- for you in video games. It right. Doesn't well, work like, in the real world. Well, look, I don't have to find somewhere to park to log yeah. into Marvel Heroes, so yeah. unless something really weird's going on. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean also maybe it would work in like a more uh, a less urban environment for me. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to stop on Wilshire Boulevard and find a parking m- meter like, <laughs> to find out what this guy's spinning the col- g- cash for gold That must arrow, be one damn it. good cell phone you got in I got to go see what they got in there. <laughs> I got some gold with me right now. Like, what is that? Yeah. I don't know what's happening there. What do you,
0: do you think? Or and actually,
1: now it's, it's going to start to be tax season, so there's going to be people doing that with the tax. Right, guys, right. Guys dressed as, uh, I'm not kidding if, you, if you're not from America, um, guys dressed as the Statue of Liberty... With a giant arrow sign that says, go get your taxes done at this place, spinning it and juggling and doing all this You're stuff. I, I, right. Yeah, it's, it's amazing.
0: Matt, do you think they'll ever start charging for these special event DLC things? No.
1: No? No. You these, don't these... think that anyone will get so greedy that eventually they'll do it? If they do, they're going to get hosed. Yeah. Like, the whole point is... It's I don't think fun Blizzard thing. will ever do it. Blizzard's no, 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 way too no. smart for, for that. that. It's, a, it's a fun thing to... Do. Oh, I mean, Blizzard doesn't need to because they do this... event. <laughs> Man, my girlfriend and all, all her friends for Overwatch, like, like, she went running through the apartment going, the event's up! The event's up! Like, people were, like, people were, like waiting, like, with, like, like, at the computer, like, waiting for it to go live. Like, they're because they get to see all the new skins and all the new stuff. Yeah. And, like, then they start immediately buying loot boxes with, like, either real money or the stuff they've saved. I mean, it's... Well, like, I'm, the, I'm the guy who's been playing League of Legends for in the five game, years. It
0: works. I'm the guy who's been playing League of Legends for five years and doesn't have a single skin. So, yeah, I don't think I don't think you're the target target market yeah. on this one. That, yeah, that's why I wanted to discuss a little bit because I'm not. I don't get it and I don't understand it. Um,
1: and so I thought maybe it might be an well, it's like, interesting you know, It's like the Marvel thing is my, my closest equivalent. And like, you know, I mean, also it also comes from mobile games. Like this was a thing on mobile games for a long time. Yeah. Um, like you always see various events, uh, Temple Run has constant changeovers, uh, a lot of the Angry Birds games do that, where like, they'll, you know, it'll, the, the icon will change to like, be you know, frosted over for Christmas so there will be flowers on it in the spring. and like, like, They'll do stuff like that and just sort of try to keep it fresh and make you feel like you're getting a little bit of new content.
0: One thing that Blizzard does that's really smart but also infuriates me is, like with Overwatch, it'll bring a new mode into the game. Mm-hmm. And then mm. it takes it away. Yeah, there's a lot of complaining about it. I that. hate that, yeah. but it's smart because it makes sure that people come to the event because they're like, well, when it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. But when it's something simple like capture the flag.
1: It's just sort of mean. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, why
0: would you take it <laughs> like away? If you
1: fall in love with that mode, then you're yeah, like, yeah. it's there. It, you, you've proven it
0: works on your servers and lag mm. isn't a problem. Just leave it. Like, it's silly, but I get why they do it. It builds incentive for players to show up and check out mm. the event. Um, I mean, I mean, but, I, I mean, but you, over time, does it diminish that? Because they're like, well, they're just going to take it take away. It away again, yeah. Why would I get good at it? Why would I care mm-hmm. if it's going to be gone in a week? Or I don't
1: know. It's kind of like the a theory I've I've heard floated is, and I don't know if I totally buy into it, but it's like, um, uh, basically, it's like, you know, well, why don't we just have Christmas all year? <laughs> that like, would be awesome. And I'm like, that's cool. The reason but we don't have I, Christmas all year is because we can't afford it. Right. <laughs> um,
0: but it's like that's the idea but if we
1: could we would right but that's the idea it's like well if you if you got to play capture the flag every day it wouldn't be special anymore you mean and like I was every
0: like, other freaking shooter on the market
1: exactly because they're not special are they you're thinking about capture the flag in overwatch it is special to be able to play whatever move whatever you want that's great not as special as you have to wait till april
0: <laughs> that's bullshit
1: for the tax day <laughs> event I don't know what they'll do in april probably know. right we will have like uncle
0: sam skins for everyone I mean it's probably going to happen nah They'll wait for July 4th for that.
1: I don't think they'll do anything in that regard, because I I think you'd be alienating the worldwide player base. That's a good point. Well, I mean, this was Chinese New Year. Yeah, but everybody kind of likes that stuff. Yeah. And um, we'll see what world opinion is on (laughs) Uncle Sam come (laughs) July at this rate. So uh, I don't know if we'll see that happen. Yeah, I don't know. I'm starting to wonder. I mean, literally,
0: I'm not exaggerating. I think there were... 13 Lunar New Year events for various Mm -hmm. games. Like, I did a a search on Sifted to try to grab footage for the
1: show, and it was just a list, like, this long. Keep that number in mind, and then when the big blockbuster uh, movies start coming out this summer, keep track of how many of them have scenes that take place in China. Yeah. It's a big market. You have to market to it. And you you have to show that you're thinking about them. Yeah, you're right. And And using the Lunar New Year is a really good way to do it. And it's also a good way to get everybody excited about it because all that stuff looks really awesome. And it lets you use fireworks and... The cool lanterns and the dragons and stuff. I mean it's neat. Like, two,
0: two months from now, China may want to kill us. I don't know. <laughs> the way things are going right now. But 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 they'll let Blizzard go. Yeah, they'll be cool with Blizzard. <laughs> cool. Maybe we're good that we live so close to Blizzard. Everybody go to Irvine. I feel nice and safe, <laughs> that we're only an hour
1: away from Blizzard. But um, I think you know and. and like the the theming is really neat and like a lot of the costumes are cool. Um They look
0: they do a good job with it. It's great. But not everyone's blizzard, not everyone does. no, no. a good a job with there, it. there's like, going to be
1: some more Like the
0: heroes of the storm stuff was pretty fliv- frivolous and Heroes of the Storm pretty, is Blizzard. Right, but I'm saying like <laughs> this
1: is Blizzard's like cornerstone product. Oh, right it's now. their flagship Yeah, For sure. This is where all And you notice they did, they didn't do it in like Diablo. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Lunar. Oh, no, that would
0: have been kind of That awesome. would just be
1: <laughs> like I don't know werewolves or something. <laughs> like, Lunar here. It's like right. So we'll see. It's
0: certainly sort of a new paradigm, and it kind of took, oddly enough, the Lunar New Year. Yeah, I think it's
1: funny that you say that, because to me it's not a new paradigm at all. This is years old to me. Well, it's happened, but it's
0: never been this prevalent. I mean, Mm -hmm. just in running Sifted for the last three or four years, you know, I see everything that comes in, and trust me, man, it is way bigger than it used to be. Well, I think
1: also because people have learned to like you got to release a trailer, you got to put out a rep- you know it used to be like you said kind of a quiet thing that you just if you play happens. the game You'd log in and be oh it's this now, it's cool, it's cool, I like it. You know, like it's, oh it's Star Wars World Republic, it's Christmas time now. I don't yeah. remember what they call it, it's like life day or something like that. Uh-huh. But like it's cool, yeah, it's like Christmas stuff and it's neat. But like now there's a trailer and there's a there's a press release and there's a reminder and there's another trailer and there's a a Twitter thing you know, and, and so now like yeah, I, I can see why it would be coming through the sifted back end way more prominently. Oh, it's like night and day. Mm. Seriously. All right, let's move along.
0: Next we're gonna talk about a game that was Announced this week, and the big question is, do we need it? That game is Dirt 4, and we're going to talk first about Dirt 4, and then we're going to move on to a bigger conversation about racing or driving games in general. So, Dirt 4, Dirt Rally just came out last year. Mm. One of the hardest driving games I've ever played, I might add. Did you ever get a chance to play mm. it?
1: it? was I, I wasn't doing an eval for I it. I don't understand how rally works. I'm, I'm, I like driving games, but like rally stuff is too hard for me. It, it was one of the most difficult racing games I've ever played.
0: I, uh, I didn't have to do an eval for it, and after, I don't know,
1: probably two hours, I was like, mm. screw this. Like, I, like, could I pretty see... much consider real-life like, rally driver teams to be uh, wizards.
0: They're insane. Like,
1: First yeah. of all, the, the balls that it
0: takes to do what oh, they yeah. do, I just, I'm just i standing in an amazing... No, I think it takes balls to watch it, it's, it's like does. There's all those yeah. videos just of them just, like, on a, plowing up. in the <laughs> like killing like, like 40 you don't know. People you don't. You really don't, <laughs> man. Like, any car on any turn can just flip over and just smash you like a bug. Um, so Dirt, they put out Dirt Rally last year, which is kind of redundant, isn't it? Because Dirt is a rally game. That's like calling it, like, Dirt, Dirt, or Rally, Rally. Like, I don't <laughs> understand why they created, like, this splinter off of the Dirt franchise. Because Dirt's always been a rally racing game. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Dirt Rally is more sim-based, mm. and Dirt is more sort of arcade style. Yeah. And look, I'm a big fan of the mainline Dirt games. I love them. I do them. like them. They're great. But when you
1: have games like... Was, that, was Colin McRae attached to that? It was, yeah. yeah. I think, cause yeah. I think the last one I played was either 2 or 3... And like I don't remember which one it was, but it was like it was like actually super involved. Like the story mode was like really involved. Yeah. And I had I got in my own trailer and I had to call yeah. people on the phone and like, no, you're right. like yeah. wow, I I like have meetings with sponsors and stuff. Yeah. I was like, wow, oh, this is very involved. I did not expect this to be as I
0: like, still play Dirt Three all the time because it's one of the few PC games I have that play in 3D really well. Mm. Like I have those are real uh, pretty. I think I think it still looks great now. Yeah. Like and when I get my and that's just another thing, when I always upgrade my video card one of the first games I play mm. is Dirt 3. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it yeah. is just stunning. Even today, Dirt 3 is still stunning. And, uh, you know, I have, like, those proprietary, like, GTX, like, 3D glasses. And, like, for whatever reason, only a few games really work with it or they try to jimmy it and patch it. Mm-hmm. But Dirt 3 was one of, like, the native games that they built from the ground up. So it looks amazing in 3D. Um, that said, with games like Forza Horizon 2 on the market... And do we need another rally game right now?
1: I don't, but I, I get that like that people would not find Forza Horizon to be a viable substitute for Dirt Four. I, mean, I don't know though. Forza Forza Horizon. I love Forza Horizon, but it's uh, it's a much more loosey-goosey kind of. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's much further towards I'd say the outrun side of the, the driving spectrum than kind of what Dirt 4 manages to balance itself against. Not Dirt 4, but like Dirt as a series manages to balance itself against. I can see why someone who is really into that style of racing would not consider Forza Horizon 3 a a, a redundant game to a dedicated rally game. Well, it's not. Look, it's not a pure rally racer.
0: Obviously, it has yeah. street racing and everything else, but. I mean, I'll be honest with you, when I race in the dirt and off-road in Forza Horizon 2, it feels just as good to me as Dirt 3 does. I don't feel like the physics are any less, or it feels any less realistic, and I mean, let's be honest, Dirt is an an arcade driving game as well. Mm -hmm. And I guess the bigger point I'm getting at is we're already seeing a lack or a dwindling interest in the racing genre. There are a few racing games being released, fewer now than maybe ever in the history of video games, I would say. There are
1: fewer being released. Mm -hmm. Um... In part because Gran Turismo just disappeared again.
0: Yeah, but and, you know the and last, and then they
1: shut down uh, uh, Drive Club
0: developer. But look, there's there was feigning interest in Gran Turismo with the last entry. Like mm. its its sales ever since the first version of it for the PlayStation Three, it's just gone down, down, down with every release. Um... So it makes me wonder. Like, now I'm not saying like personally as someone who likes driving games or is a is Dirt for pointless, but I'm saying like market-wise is a pointless.
1: I don't think there's not really that much out there, and I guess we'll find out one way or the other. But one of the reasons I think Gran Turismo, fallen behind, is because it just it never kept up presentationally. Yeah. It never it never kept. Up, you know, Forza really embraced the idea of loving, the loving driving, loving cars, loving that whole life, that whole world, and uh, Dirt kind of has that you know in the rally sector kind of nailed down and i well, feel what like dirt is gonna, it's gonna and it's also damaged. going to be less freaking annoying than having to listen to the bro party all through forza horizon 3 yeah um like i i i'm not a, a rally person but like i can see the the spot for dirt 4 but of course it's also partly is this uh is this uh, thq nordic doing this or no this, huh? it's codemasters codemasters yeah uh, it's it's largely about uh, managing expectations. I well, think. the
0: other part of the thing is that that's all Codemasters does. So right.
1: if, if Codemasters isn't putting out driving games, it's not putting out games. And I'm curious about like uh, you know, uh, I think this this series uh, is probably much bigger in Europe. Oh, um, for sure. So we yeah. may not have uh, the best handle on where the hunger is for yeah. this one. Um, I don't. I feel like Dirt has its place. I don't. I don't. I don't it's just like I said it's, I like the series. I'm it's got a, a different fan. it's got a different uh tone and attitude from Forza. Well, and... night
0: driving appears to be the big new addition mm-hmm. for Dirt 4. That's cool. Which I never realized until I saw that trailer and it focused it on night driving, then I thought back and I was like, "Yeah, Dirt mm-hmm. 3 didn't Where have night racing." Yeah. Yeah. The other thing Dirt is really good at is vehicle damage. Mm-hmm. It is like the king of vehicle damage. Like that's half the fun of playing Dirt to me is just going out and trying to destroy the car and seeing just how badly, yeah. and I mean, it can't. It can go like almost right down to the frame. Like That's how meticulous the damage is. Mm-hmm. You look, compare it to something like Gran Turismo, where it's a joke, pretty much, the way they handle damage in those games, and for the longest time, they didn't have damage at didn't all. At all. Yeah. But um, again, I'm a big fan of dirt. I'm a big fan of driving games. I just am wondering if this game is just going to kind of go out into the ether, at least here,
1: uh, when it's released. And it's coming fast, too. It comes mm-hmm. out in like two or three months. I mean, it might. Um, certainly, I, I, you, know, you don't see very often people just like, you know, what I wish to come out another Dirt game. I, it's not really a, a thing I really see. Yeah. Um But they've made three of them, so they must sell to somebody. Yeah. Um, I, have, I mean, I have Dirt. I know I have Dirt Three on Steam because I got it through some humble bundle thing and for free almost. Yeah. I think, and uh, that's cool. It's pretty. Power sliding in that game is great. Yeah. And, you know, and it probably has the most intuitive power sliding of any rally game. It's also got, you know, it's really good about uh, not just damage, but dirt and, you know, the stuff yeah. on the windshield and water on the windshield and yeah. mud on the, I mean, it's got a real sense of place that I don't think, um, like, Forza Horizon gets the sense of place in terms of, like, the location it takes place in. Yeah. But, like, I think in my, in, to my memory, dirt puts you there in the seat of that car more than Forza Horizon does. Matt, why do you think driving games have fallen so far in the last five, six years? I don't know. Um, maybe because they're so repetitive, maybe because, maybe people prefer to rent them. And, uh, because that, you you know, how far, how much, how many times you can go around that track, basically. I certainly have never finished a a Forza uh, mainline game. I haven't either. Um, I mean, I played Forza Horizon 2 for like 50 hours. Yeah,
0: and I think I finished it, and it was like that was at like fifty-two percent. Yeah, I mean, I've... I didn't finish it. I mean, when I finally said, "Okay, I'm good enough right. to write the eval for this," it was like 51%. you know, what happened? the same
1: thing happened to me in Forza Horizon Three that happened on two was once I got all the billboard all the billboards and drove down all the roads, I didn't care about doing any events. Yeah, like the open world stuff is more compelling to me in Forza Horizon than than the actual racing. But in Dirt, I think there's so much. Care taken towards the actual racing—that that beca- that's the fun part. That might that might be the main difference, uh, I would say, between those two ser- series. I wonder too if culturally,
0: uh, be- and look, I think one thing the racing games have done to try to mitigate this is allowed you to the re- to have the rewind feature. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if a lot of people are turned off to the genre because, a lot of times, once you get up past the first couple Grand Prix in driving games, like you make one mistake, it's over. Yeah. Like, literally. One, if you
1: don't have a rewind feature, you make one mistake, and you have to stop and, like... Oh, someone who played the uh, 24-hour Le Mans real-time race on the Dreamcast. <laughs> you bet. Like, we, we, it was a, a tag-team effort. Um, but uh you know one of the other things that might be contributing to the the you know the slowdown of driving games is maybe the you know the new generation doesn't really give a shit about cars. That could be. Like cuz part of it is kind of a love with like, and being, being in love with the love idea of a car consent. and like I see more and more people like I they, they're afraid of driving, they hate driving, they don't want to own a car, they don't care about cars or they can't wait for cars to drive themselves. Yeah. So you're right. if you're not interested in the fantasy that driving games present, why would you want to play that? as a video game yeah you know video games are uh you know at least in part about escapism and wish fulfillment and if you don't wish to drive a ferrari why, what is there, why for would you would there you care
0: yeah I, I i hear that i think that might be a, a valid reason um
1: i wish there certainly was more... not me i mean i love cars and i you will you will force me into an auto driving car like you know scree- kicking and screaming although i think the technology is awesome but i love I don't like driving in the city. Oh, I, lo- to I love to being in a self-driving car. I love controlling a car, you know, driving Some a car. of the new
0: ones don't even have steering wheels and nothing at all in them.
1: Like yeah. the newest self-driving cars. I'm, I'm, I'm going to need a steering wheel. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to need something to grab onto. And then on a, a brake pedal. Even if it doesn't do anything. And like. a brake pedal. But the new ones I just saw at the, uh, was it the LA
0: Auto Show that just yeah. happened? Like they're basically like living rooms on yeah. wheels. Yes. Like there's nothing. It's just this room yeah. that you sit in yeah. and there's nothing. It's like if it goes out of control, you're just like, ah, yep. with your face up against the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Help me. Oh, I don't know. It's crazy times that we live in, but uh, look, I'm disappointed. I've been a big racing fan my whole life. I feel like there are some of the best head-to-head multiplayer games that you can play. Mm. Um, I think Sam can attest to that. He's a big Mario Kart fan. The feeling that you get when you're racing head-to-head against friends in in racing games, like, I don't know if there's too many multiplayer games that can replicate that. that So you
1: screw up, and then you're hopelessly behind and you just have to finish the race, because fuck you. You get the blue shell. (laughs) but You don't get the blue shell in in Forza, Nope, you sure
0: don't. <laughs> but uh, but you know, on the, the occasion
1: whenever the races yeah.
0: are tight and like you're coming around that last turn, like man, that adrenaline oh, yeah. that you get, it's
1: like well, I really miss uh, burnout. Yeah, like burn. I'm, yeah, I like. The, I love Need for Speed. Most of the Need for Speed games, especially the old ones, I miss the old Need for Speed. Sort of you know the original Need for Speed Three, Hot Pursuit. Hot yeah. Pursuit. Yeah. Yeah. The first cart cop chase game. Where like you know they had tracks like *Atlantica*, which took you through this kind of weird, sort of like sub-submarine city that like was like nothing that actually exists. Like the the the, the imagination that was on display. The San Francisco Rush now. games. Camps you remember
0: uh, San Francisco Rush for the N64? Oh yeah. Sam and I were talking about hours that a couple weeks at, ago after we got night. done yeah. shooting, and the stunt course over the and game and over just and over. came out of nowhere and it became like my obsession. Yeah. And uh, I remember, I think what who tipped me off to that was Matt Casamassina back on IGN64.com or, uh, back in the day,
1: or Split Second.
0: Yep, and another Blaine one of
1: Vista put out was awesome. Yeah, didn't sell, disappeared. We'll never see it again. Yeah, but that if you if you if you have access or can find a copy of Split Second, like play that. Like Good that stuff. game is amazing. Yep, so. like and got no recognition. No one noticed that game. I don't know what it's going to take for the genre to bounce back, honestly. But I don't know. I mean. Like we talked about uh, the last week or the week before, it's so, you know the, the the way sales are going, it might you know might just end up being an era of uh, readjusting one's expectations in terms of what you can spend on a game and still make money off it, or games as a platform, like we were yep. saying. You know? Which racing games would seem to be? very uh, seems to make very right no <laughs> Like yeah.
0: the more sense than any other genre, really. Yeah.
1: Like maybe Gran Turismo can keep up if they just sort of incrementally make more stuff on a monthly basis yeah. or something. You know.
0: Yeah, especially once they hit like the Scorpio
1: level with everything, yeah. it's like once the visuals look that yeah. good. It's but I like... ex- yeah, but I expect like you know, Forza Seven. I would expect something different in yeah. that you know, along those lines. You know, I would be surprised if for- the new Forza... Hell, I might even be surprised if it's called Forza 7. Right. It might just be Forza World or Forza, I don't know, whatever whatever <laughs> buzzword they want to call. It. Yeah. But in the sense of like, Forza is going to, this is your Forza portal into the Forza world that will like forever be how Forza delivers content to you for this and this and that. You know? Right. Kind of like what that, uh, that, um, Halo connection thing was supposed that app was supposed to be and no Uh, one ever cared again. Like you remember that? that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm not saying it'll last, but I'm just saying I I would surprise me if they don't try to position Forza as sort of this, uh, you know, hub. What will happen then? Though, what will happen then though is that they will just
0: with the base game that you buy for the 60 bucks, where it normally would have like 180 cars, it'll have like 60. Right. And they are well, kind of, already kind of getting there. They are kind of mind. getting there, yeah. They'll just start slowly dripping them out in mm-hmm. DLC 15 bucks at a time or whatever. So, and they are still doing that, you're
1: right. Yeah. We can buy the season pass for the 2016, 2017 Forza Forza season,
0: yeah.
1: All these extra. Oh, but you could also pay a little extra for this for, this uh, Fast and the Furious pack we just put out for four ninety nine. <laughs> oh, you put. Uh, there's, and there's We only got, we got the Car and Driver to guys it. to put together their favorite cars, and that's only three ninety nine for this. It's just like. And uh, they paid us a hundred thousand dollars to put their name yeah. on this thing. Yeah. Maybe I'll just wait, like like I did with Drive Club. Maybe I'll just wait a year and get all the DLC for nine dollars. Yeah. <laughs> because you tried to gouge us, and nobody... Or free, because eventually what they end up doing is giving it all away. Yeah, that happens too. (laughs)
0: All right, let's move on. Next we're going to talk about Mass Effect Andromeda. We talk about... This is turning into the new Switch. We talk about Andromeda almost every week on the show. But EA's doing a really good job of keeping the game relevant week after week by leaking new details or new information about it. The information that came out this week wasn't exactly positive. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda multiplayer will not have dedicated servers and they there will not be cross-play. So you won't be able to play on Xbox One against people on PC or on PS4. The bigger the bigger issue probably is the dedicated
1: servers. Right, I, I didn't expect any kind of cross-play on anything. Well, frankly. I mean,
0: with the way Microsoft is pushing the whole Play Anywhere thing, like there were hopes that maybe that might come to fruition. And look, a lot mm. more games are starting to do crossplay that are third-party and not just Microsoft internal games. So no dedicated servers. Matt, is this one of the most overblown things in video games, whether a game has dedicated servers or not.
1: Well, it is to me, but I don't care about multiplayer, so I'm probably not the person No, but let's
0: imagine that you do. Do you think it's, uh, people make a bigger deal out of it than they should? Dedicated servers versus peer-to-peer? Maybe? Like,
1: I don't, I don't notice the difference, really. I do.
0: I mean, I can tell the difference. Like, um, for
1: instance... I don't play enough of that kind of thing to really notice.
0: I can always tell immediately when I'm playing a shooter and I become the host.
1: Oh yeah, peer to peer.
0: Immediately, like my score goes from whatever to cha-ching, like yeah. immediately goes up. Was Every
1: Battlefront dedicated servers or was it peer to peer? It was peer to peer. I think it was because Battlefront was the worst time I ever had in terms of game sync with what was happening on my screen versus what was happening. And it happens in Call
0: of Duty screen. all the time as well on the consoles. Um,
1: so I, get, I mean, I get why it's an issue. Uh, I feel like. Because that's the thing is like there's a weird balance there where like, you know, I try to play those games as like you know very casual it's like I'm just going to go in and shoot some people and do some stuff, and I, but I inevitably you know my competitive fighting game streak comes out, and i 'm just like that was bull I know that was bullshit because I saw you, I shot at you, and all of a sudden I fell over dead for no good reason, yeah, and then you see the replay, and it 's like, oh well, what happened on his screen is completely different from what I saw on yeah. my screen yeah. and i 'm like, well, how in the world am I supposed to feel like this is a legitimately competitive game when that's happening so I mean I get why the dedicated server, but it 's also like I generally you know if the if the if i play a game and the peer to peer stuff is just not sufficient i'll just not play that game you know it, it,
0: but they're all that way i mean it's right. like they're either peer to peer or dedicated and a lot of people say oh peer to peer sucks and dedicated is better but you end up dealing with other x factors with dedicated yeah, no servers perfect solution. because then it's ping it's like how yeah. far away do you live from the server somebody who lives a block away from where the server is has a huge advantage and they're going to whoop your ass they're going to mm. win Every face-to-face confrontation, that's really where you see the difference, is when you're running and you run into somebody else, and it's just pull up and shoot. Like, that, you tend to win those if you're the host and peer-to-peer, and you tend to win those if you're the guy with the five ping, Mm -hmm. because you're right next to a server farm or whatever. So, is there, is one or the other better than the other? Doesn't sound
1: like it. It really doesn't. Like, and so, you are trading one for the other, basically. Yeah. And I guess hoping you get to be the, you know, if, at least if you're the low ping bastard on a dedicated server. LPB. Like, you get to stay it. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's not random. But like see, that's appear. the thing. You're
0: always going to be the LPB. Right. Because you, you're not moving. You're still living where you're living. Those servers aren't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. You're always going to have an advantage. At least with peer-to-peer. Score! Right. At least with peer-to-peer, like... Everybody if, gets boned in Eventually <laughs> you... Yeah, everybody gets boned. But eventually you're going to become the host. Like, right. enough people are going to leave the game. You're going to be the last one, the person who's been on that that game that session the longest and you're gonna end up becoming the host
1: and then you're never gonna stop playing it
0: that's not what happened to me
1: oh i've had a couple battlefront games like that too. yeah or I like, played like, Call of oh D. i can kill everybody now what's going on and like my friend's like you're the host I'm yeah like, I'm like, that's exactly oh, what well, i'm gonna keep doing this
0: that happens to me in Call of this happened to me before i at like 1 30 in the morning and i was like oh i'm not quitting mm. <laughs> i just stayed up all night because i was just <laughs> you just wreck people it's like every
1: close confrontation you get yep. in, you win. And okay. you know from their perspective, like, they don't even know what happened. No, they like, know. They're like, oh, blah. Like, they, because, no, they just fell over. Like, they didn't even see you raise a gun because like, yeah. it already happened. But, no, you hear them. Because oh, yeah. a lot of shooters, they
0: give, like, that two-second window so you can hear the people complaining and you, <laughs> you
1: kill. Oh, when you get
0: close enough and you hear, yeah, you hear the ambiance. Yeah. And you hear them go, that's a bunch of... And then it cuts <laughs> off. You're the hook. cuts off. <laughs> Yeah. So, and you know when you when you're in there, and I'll stay on there until like I have to leave or I absolutely have to go to sleep or whatever. But you know, this is something that every single game that comes out, they put out this story, like the sites. They're like, oh, there's no dedicated servers, or there are dedicated servers, and people are like, oh, thank God. But really, at the end of the day, there's not that. It's not that big a deal, I don't think. Particularly with a game like Mass Effect, it's not like a twitch shooter. Like, uh, not- is this
1: competitive? Is this? They, like the co-op. Know. I don't like, know.
0: Like 3 was. I, I don't know. I think there's going to be some competitive in
1: there. Yeah? Yeah. That sure isn't what anything I care about in Mass Effect. <laughs> like I, the,
0: big, the bigger topic I wanted to talk about was dedicated versus peer-to-peer. Mm. This was just kind of the Trojan horse to get into the conversation. To me, with Mass Effect, it, whether, it's, whether it's co-op or competitive multiplayer, it really doesn't matter that much. It's yeah. not like Call of Duty where... If it's not running at 60 frames per second you don't want to play it. It's like it's a much lazier kind of more laid-back multiplayer environment. So it's not so much to deal with Mass Effect but it's just the fact that this is one of these things that our industry talks about and it's such a big deal but really in the grand scheme of things I don't think there's that much of a difference between peer-to-peer or dedicated. I feel like it's half of one, two of another. Mm-hmm. Like, choose your poison, basically. Either you want to deal with the fact that there's one guy, he's always going to be better than everybody, because he's an LPB, or do you want to deal with sort of a a rotating carousel of people who become better for a little while, and then somebody else becomes better for
1: a little while. I guess in theory I would prefer probably the dedicated, just because then at least you can get used to your consistent disadvantage. Yeah, that's a good point. And maybe point. I can ID the guy. Okay, this guy clearly has the advantage. I know to get away from him. I right. Know to not deal with it. You know, we know to at least up it's consistent. Is yeah. what you're saying. So and I can, you can maybe try I learn every, to yeah, acclimate to it. Whereas, like, one of the most frustrating things about Battlefront was, like, every time a match would start, you're like, all right, let's find out if I'm gonna get hosed in this one or right. not. And And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I can. Yeah, you know, at least dedicated servers, like, y- you you know what kind of like. Skull fucking, you're in for. <laughs> like a, like you, you have a, you have an expectation you can yeah. you can live you can live with.
0: I, I I agree with that. I would I'd probably give the slight nod to dedicated servers, mm-hmm.
1: but and neither one's an ideal solution.
0: No, and I also think that dedicated it's still also way overblown
1: on right. how important it is. I mean, you'll live. I mean, I still yeah. played what like forty hours of Battlefront, even with the peer-to-peer problems. Yeah, so.
0: and it is look, it is a case-by-case basis because. You talk to someone who lives out in the in a rural area, they'll tell you they'll take peer to peer every time. Right. Because they're never no gonna be close to a, a server. server. They're right. always gonna be like
1: the highest ping player on the server. So it depends on where you live. Living in a city. They should they should have like contests. Like a, like that well, should be like the contest. Like if you win and you're out in the middle of the boonies, like you will put a dedicated server like down your street.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> You know what they should also do is, like, they should just acclimate for, like, the peer-to-peer stuff. Just, Mm-mm. I think Call of Duty actually experimented with that for a while, where they put kind of, like, a lag yeah. on the host so that they didn't have an advantage. Yeah, but, game, I,
1: I think Gears did that at some point, too. Yeah, I think but you so, right. But you run, every once in a while you run a game like Battlefront that doesn't even try. Yeah, and it's just, just like, like, whatever, it mm. runs. <laughs> yeah, which with dice is kind of all you can ask these days. Yeah. But, but uh,
0: I just thought it was interesting, like, and for whatever reason today, whenever they put out the announcement for uh, Andromeda, I was like, and I'm guilty of it. Like, I had been hmm. guilty of it. Like, oh my gosh, there's dedicated, or there's not dedicated servers. What are they thinking? And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, what am I talking about? What are everyone, <laughs> what's everyone talking about? There's really not this whole that courtroom more... <laughs> is out of order. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, thought it might be interesting to discuss, and I think it, it actually was. So, all right, let's move on.
1: Chat's saying Battlefront does have dedicated servers.
0: Battlefront does? Yeah. Wow. would never known. Yeah, I wouldn't have known that either. Are you sure? Is that just on PC, though? See, I play on console. I played it on PS4, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'd be interested to know if that is... Uh, um, he says almost all Battlefront game, or B- all games, or Battlefield games? All dice
1: games? I don't know.
0: Whatever it was, it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Half of one, two of the other. Let's move on to our obligatory Nintendo Switch topic for the week. It's actually been really quiet on the Switch front this week. It hasn't been, like, a lot of... like The last couple of weeks has just been... Well, you, should, big well, you
1: should try to keep it down when people are mourning.
0: <laughs> what are they mourning?
1: The The preemptive death of the system, maybe? I don't know. You think so? I don't think it's going to go too well past year one, no.
0: No? So you're starting. To, you're agreeing with me, what I said. That I didn't think it was going to be successful. Was going to do under five mil this year. A lot
1: of people in the comments last week thought I was crazy for saying that. By the way, um, a lot of people. A lot of people said the same thing about the Wii U. Yeah. So, uh, and again, yeah. you can't. Ju- You're not be able to judge this thing by the launch. Like the Wii U sold out almost at launch too. I mean, some
0: people were so mad that they created accounts just to come in and tell me how crazy I was. A couple of our old lurkers came back this week, <laughs> and uh, they got banned very quickly. I might add, but they did come back, and I. I can tell because what happens is they they reach out on Twitter first, and they say, hey, they've been kind of n- negative about Nintendo, and then you go into the comments for Game Face, and here's, like, three accounts all at, like, zero or level one who are saying the same thing that these people said on Twitter. It's like, uh.
1: come on, you got to be better than that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I may be I may be dumb, but I'm not stupid. I just don't think uh, there's anything there to tempt someone who isn't already you know, on board, already drinking the Kool-Aid, basically.
0: So the only news, really, that came out of Switchland, other than
1: other than you can't get one.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess 80 percent. Actually,
1: the, of... the main th- the, actually the main thing I saw about Switch this week, from like in terms of just like talk, was like. The people who were rushing to get a pro controller because they'd go up for like pre order on like Amazon or Best Buy for like five seconds and yeah, then like yeah. they'd all, they'd pro controller sold out like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I still think what does that say? Does that say that people aren't believers? It says in holy Joy-Cons? God, people don't want to use Joy Cons. Is that what That's it what that says? says to me? Yeah. Or they're not making many Pro controllers? I yeah. think you're still going to be able to go into like a Best Buy or a big box store, and they're going to have all those. You know, accessories really never sell out. Yeah. Uh, I because I, I don't think they're allocating the entire shipment to pre-orders. I think people people are like saying like oh it's sold out already. No, I think like five hundred thousand are sold out already, right. and they're going to ship a million and a half of them. Yeah, more than that. They say so. in
0: Japan, eighty percent of the launch allotment is sold out through pre-orders already. Yeah. But I'm guessing that's maybe
1: a million. Yeah, but remember, like PSVR was sold out through pre-orders like for months, and you could, I mean, you know, the launch day, you could walk into Target or Best Buy and buy, buy. one, and they thank you for it. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't, I think the demand for Switch will probably be larger than the demand for PSVR, um, because PSVR was a it much bigger be. thing. Uh, yeah, they better hope it is, but yeah. uh, I I am not entirely convinced that, you know, it, it, at the very least I would think, you know, maybe the first three, four people in line at your average Best Buy will be able to get one if they wait overnight, you know, or something yeah. like that. Um, I wouldn't, but uh, I, I I have a hard time seeing this selling out before launch day. Maybe, maybe by noon on launch day. Yeah, so a Japanese magazine did a poll
0: of Japanese gamers, and of those... Gamers, ten percent said that they intend
1: to purchase the Switch. Hmm. Any reason for alarm? I don't. I don't like. I don't have any other data points to compare that to. Like, I yeah. don't know what, what the percentage of people who said that for about the PlayStation. The 4. same poll from the same place about the PS4 or whatever. Like, you also know. need
0: to know data on who these people are. Are they predominantly mm. mobile gamers? Are they are right. they hardcore console gamers? Are they handheld gamers who mm. love the 3DS and the Vita?
1: I mean, it seems low to me, but like I don't know. Like it's.
0: Where was the Wii
1: U? Yeah. How, what was the Wii U like? Um, I mean, I can't blame anyone for wanting to wait and see on this one. Yeah. You know? So if it is low, it might just be people that plan to get one later, which mean you know, which doesn't mean never. So yeah. So that it, you know, it's that's still a win for Nintendo in the sense that if someone buys a Switch March twenty eighteen, they've still sold them a Switch. Yeah. Um, it just you know, you, and Nintendo is certainly not impatient. But, you know, it's not like Sony, where it's like, no, we bought got a move, shut it all down. You know, we, we're gonna, you know, Nintendo will generally stick with stuff, unless it's the
0: Wii U. You know, one thing, thing I really like Ball. about uh, the Switch's release date is that scalpers are pretty much screwed. Because usually a console comes out like right before the holidays, yeah, you have the, and the scalpers Christmas. get to go on there and gouge all the parents who are trying to find them for their kids for Christmas. Well, it certainly happened with the NES
1: Classic. It did, so. yep. Still still, is. Happening. still yeah. happening, yeah.
0: But uh, the scalpers, the market's going to be a little more limited this yeah. time. So maybe the people who actually want the consoles, to want to buy the consoles, to actually play them, will get them this time, which is a good thing. So,
1: mm. And I think, you know, it seems to me that the people... Uh... That's really where you the scalpers have you by the balls is in that Christmas situation where it's like you gotta have it, you gotta like, get it before that day. Yeah, but I feel in general like you're you're yeah, certainly even if you're a Super Nintendo fan, I think you probably hate scalpers to the point that like you will be able to resist paying a scalper, you know, premium pre- yeah. and maybe they'll just get stuck with them. Right. You know, and it, 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 I mean, obviously, at worst case, they're gonna what return them for retail. But maybe when they return them for retail, the person who buys it next will be someone who actually wants it. Yeah. So, in spite of all this we
0: just said, do you, you think that ten percent figure is still kind of low?
1: It feels low, but again, I don't have any other data points to compare it to, so I might just be overestimating how what percentage of people. But it's like if you're you're talking about a gaming poll, right? Specifically yeah. polling gamers. Gamers, yeah. Um, you'd think more than ten percent of them would want to play Zelda.
0: Yeah, Yeah, you'd think. I think it's a honestly a lot to do about nothing. I would like to
1: see that poll done here in America, right. where maybe for a gaming population that's not quite as dedicated to mobile stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean the polling that we've done on Sifted for Switch seemed like about half of, the, of Sifters were mm. going to get it, eventually, at least eventually I would say about 10 actually, now that I think about it mm. about 10% were like, I'm getting it day one no question. And then the other 40% of that came, like, you know, I'm waiting
1: to see more software. I'm going to pick it up eventually. I mean, I think that's the more reasonable standpoint. So, you know, just because people are waiting to see what happens after Zelda, because, I mean, what, the launch lineup's like 10 games now, and 8 of them are available on other platforms? Yep. Called it. Yeah. you know, and two of the well, it's one, two, Switch and uh, Bomberman are the two that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah. That's not gonna sell me a three hundred dollar system. No. So yeah, I can't blame anybody for wanting to wait and see. Um, but you know, that wait and see might only be as long as it takes for Mario to come out. You it's know, true. who knows? So yep. that's still a successful launch year for Nintendo if if a bunch of people decide to jump in when Mario and more robust software is there in the fall. Because yep. I think they want to release it in the fall anyway. Frankly.
0: Yeah, I think they just needed that little boost to their finances. Yeah, you
1: can't put. You probably Zelda. You couldn't push past the fiscal year. Yeah. Well, they just need revenue, period. Yeah. Well, I mean, also maybe they don't. The want bottom
0: to... is falling out of their console business. Yeah. So. They,
1: maybe they also don't want like Wii U revenue on the next year's books or something like that. I don't know what that could the, be. But the Not rules that there are. would be any. Not necessarily, Let's no. See. But it's like um, <laughs> those things are dry. I don't know if you know. It's like people were talking about getting clearance Wii U's or something. Getting Wii U. No, they're gone. Really? Like there's rumors that Nintendo basically recalled them. Why? So they can sell them refurbished for two hundred bucks on their website. Interesting. I, don't, I haven't seen any actual proof of that. But if you, tr- you go to a store, you'd you think Wii U's would just be laying around. No, they're gone. Well, it no, it could be
0: that they have to... They're only given so much shelf space. And they have to pull back the Wii U's so that they can use that shelf space Yeah, for but the they switch. wouldn't be doing that yet. Eh, we're getting close. They've been
1: gone for months. Really? Yeah. Interesting.
0: I can't understand why they buy them back to sell them cheaper. On their website, though.
1: I don't. I don't know how that all works. That's all. It is Nintendo.
0: <laughs> no, well, no, that's
1: also kind of a. There's a buyback return thing with retail, retail and distribution chains, and that's all changed since Nintendo I worked Nintendo is retail. very business savvy. So yeah. one
0: thing I will say is anything that is done is probably to improve its bottom line.
1: Yeah, there are ways you can do. But I mean, I've heard there's ways to do that. But like, I, the retail chain has, the distribution chain has changed drastically since I worked retail. Yeah. Uh, which was seventeen years ago. So. Yeah. Uh, but I've I've heard from people who still work in in high enough places in store management that like yeah there's there's ways you can everybody can kind of recoup their costs to some degree in the manufacturer and get their stuff back and do what they need to do with it. Gotcha. Um, so that might be what's happening there. But like I know there were some people that are kind of counting on like oh we use are gonna get slashed to like crazy clearance prices and I don't think that's gonna happen because I don't think they're there anymore. I think I think. Nintendo took them. Oh, they <laughs> mishandled that
0: console so poorly. <laughs> they really did a bad job with that.
1: All right, let's move on. Our last topic
0: of the show, Yakuza 0. Matt, you've been playing this game Yes. for the last week. Uh, since uh, Tuesday. Since yeah. Tuesday, so almost a week. Mm-hmm. Been getting huge reviews from some yeah. publications. I saw like 9 plus on a couple sites. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't look at its Metacritic, but I'm guessing it's settling around mid 90 ninety-ish, eighty-eight. Really, somewhere. that high?
1: It was. The last I looked. I'm mean, I haven't looked at it. Wow, around. is it that good? Yes, I think it's the really? best. It's the best game in the series. Well, sure, it should um, be. I don't know. I mean, but games- is it
0: up to that pedigree—the high eight, nine range?
1: I would say so, for what it is. Wow. In terms of like for what a, it is, what does like that a, mean? Like an action RPG story-driven beat-em-up? Yeah. It's like There's not really anything else like it. That's that kind of the attraction of it, is there's nothing else like
0: yeah. it. Yeah. And is there nothing else like it because of its cultural kind of differences? Yeah. Because it's kind of like Japanese developers trying oh, to the, make like It a... is the
1: most Japanese game you will play this year. <laughs> like, I don't care even if you're just playing... Even it. more than like a JRPG. Oh, by far. Because it's, cause here's the thing... It's about um, Japanese culture. It's about Japan, It's about Japanese culture. They're all like that. Every single game, almost every game in the series, like, revolves around shady real estate deals. Yeah. Um, it's... It is an immersion in this... I mean, it's a, it's a heightened kind of stereotypical depiction of the Japanese underworld. Like, you know, very influenced by uh, Yakuza movies, uh-huh. uh, the Tokyo Papers, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so it's not like a documentary about what it's like to right. be a Yakuza. But... It just takes that kind of that, you know, This the, it's the glorification of the underworld the same way the Godfather movies do it. You know, the Mafia never existed like that. It makes it seem But it makes it this romantic, bad, glamorous yeah. take on it, and this is sort of the similar way of doing this, even though it does depict everything as kind of a horrible life to have to live. Yeah. But also you get to be a badass, so... <laughs> um, but, I mean, there's, like, it's famous for, like, you know, Yakuza 3 has a 45 minute cutscene in the middle of it which mostly it's it's a bunch of older men sitting around a table uh talking about real estate yeah. deals that like <laughs> and I you know and it gets t- you know this one has that too where it's like it gets tied in with um because if you've played uh, the other games you know cuz this game takes place in 1988 when uh, uh Majima uh and and Kir- uh, Kiryu Kazuma the, the they're two major you know, Kiryu is the main character of the series Majima was a major antagonist in the original games mm-hmm. uh who became a fan favorite so that's probably why you're playing as you know he was he's been through the whole thing he's the guy with the eye patch um he's kind of the crazy dude the kind of crazy knife happy wacky dude <laughs> and happy wacky dude and there's a there's actually a really when you first run into him for the first time in this game in uh, is in chapter 3 they uh they do a really good subversion of expectations where you where you know he's working uh at a at a major uh, club at a, with like a jazz band and and hostesses and all this stuff, you know, super high end. And this guy is starting trouble, and, and the, the characters you followed in the, into the place, or the, the one older CEO wants to leave because he's afraid of what's going on. The, the younger guy's like, no, nah, just wait, the, the manager will take care of it. And you see Majima come in, and you're like, oh, he's gonna just beat this guy to hell. And what happens is completely not what you think is about to happen, because all these games have built up what you think this character is, but here he is, he's 23, 24 years old, we've never seen him this young, except in a flashback in Yakuza 4, Right, and he completely subverts what you think he's going to do. And you're like, what happened? Like, what's going on? And then you find out, like, oh, this is He hasn't is, got like... there
0: yet. He hasn't became the. No, he, he has,
1: yet. but, like, this that's not useful to him in that that position. hes, he's, he's He is still the buck bigotty, wild violent guy, but he has another reason for doing what he's doing at that club. And okay. it's and it's very interesting stuff. See, that's the thing. It's like...
0: Is it interesting, though? Do you think, I think the most is. Western audiences, it'll be interesting?
1: I mean, it depends how open you are to kind of a different style of... To someone who's of never of been that. to Japan, do you think it'll be interesting? Not as interesting, maybe. But, like, if you like crime stuff, like crime drama stuff, I think you will dig it. It's also... It's interesting to me in the sense that, like, you know, I have definitely complained, I think you have too, about stuff like in Final Fantasy 15 and World of Final Fantasy and various kind of JRPG games that, like, there's that weird sort of, it's, you know, the, the, the way of, per- the performances and the drama and the way the motion capture acting works, like, it's that kind of heightened Japanese style, almost no drama, NOH, no drama, kind of, like, like, style of comedy and acting and people running around and looking, and, like, it just doesn't translate to a global audience yeah. very well. Whereas I think while there is that level of wackiness and some of that like kind of, you know, distinctly Japanese cultural spin in Yakuza the Yakuza games, I think they play properly to an international audience better than, than that because the sort
0: of over the top antics that you get. Somewhat. Some it's not as
1: pronounced in these games, but it is there and it is you know, you sometimes you get the scenes where people are dramatically screaming each other's names and you know, someone is begging on the ground, like you know, like like almost like some kind of you know caricature of what you would right. expect that to be, and that also that goes back to those Yakuza movies that they're basing this on. But like, it works here not just because it's set in Japan, so it's like you, you 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 the the difference in in culture kind of works because you're expecting that, but also because the character work and the and the drama and the narrative work in these games is so much better than anything Square has put out right. in their JRPGs in forever, like these characters are consistent across multiple games, even games in which that don't count in canon like the zombie one. Right, And, like, right. you know what to expect from these guys and, then, and they know what you know to expect so they can trick you on some of these things. And, like, this, you know, the little, the little character touches where, like, you know, here he is a very serious guy through most of the series, but in this one he's very young and you've never seen him this young and he's still got a little bit, you know, he's disco dancing still. He's still got a little bit of, of, of teenager to him. Uh, instead of, like, you know, stoically realizing a new move is useful. He will see a new thing that inspires him to do a new move, and he'll go, "That's rad," <laughs> which, because it is 1988. Right. Also, a um, oh, good job there, Sam. So With the disco dancing. Yeah. See. <laughs> this is, yeah, there's a karaoke. Karaoke. Scene. Yeah. Um, so he does sing several karaoke songs. There's another disco dance uh, mini game, which is one of the weirdest dancing mini games I have ever played. So let's talk about but, the game itself. So. I think a lot of people who maybe have never played a
0: Yakuza game mm. may assume that it's exactly what the graphic says, Grand Theft
1: Japan. Is it like a Grand Theft Auto set in Japan? There's no driving there, No, there's right. no driving. Um, there is, you know, you know, staged action set pieces from cars in a couple right. of places. But you cannot steal someone's car. Right? You're, you're running around a, a moderately sized open chunk of city. And you get in fights as you run. You know there'll be guys who. Can you, you go wherever you want, whenever you want? Usually, unless there's like a something happening in the story that's going to funnel you. You know, it's like the beginning. You're funneled to various places, and then chapter two happens, and it's like go nuts. Okay. Go do whatever you want to do. Um. And eventually, you know, there's there's things called sub stories, which are side quests that you run into with very. Usually, they're slightly comedic or somewhat, uh, me- you know, maudlin. There's a lot. And the funny thing is like. And maybe you wouldn't notice it uh, if, you know, if you're not thinking about it But uh, these games, much like Okami, have a very conservative uh, Politically conservative, in Japan, uh, politically conservative mindset And a lot of uh, what happens in these games is you'll run into someone Who has a problem, and the reason they have a problem generally turns out to be That they've done something stupid, or done something selfish, or done something That kind of contradicts the general social norms or social code Yeah. And you, as the you know the noble yakuza, kind of help them out, and generally beat somebody up, and then kind of they realize like, oh, this was the wrong thing to do, and we won't le- we won't bother these people anymore. And then the guy you're trying to help is like, it's like I understand now, and I will do the right thing by you know traditional you know prescribed behavior norms, and <laughs> everything's going to be fine. And then you walk you walk away, and then the, the your character will will think to themselves about like. I think everything's gonna be all right now, good work, me you know it's like and, like and like it's it's all kind of by that formula, but it's like it's all done in the it's, there's a lot of creativity, there's a lot of comedy to it there's yeah. a, you know, they, they they're not afraid to go pretty weird in places, oh yeah, um, but <laughs> yeah. definitely I mean, not as much like Yakuza too probably has the the most infamous example where um uh you end up busting up a bunch of gangsters who are having like a baby night with diapers yeah. on. Oh, stuff I've, I've seen crazy stuff in these games. And then yeah. Yakuza Three is also I think it's three is famous for the the part where you uh have to punch out a tiger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but this, like, so this game doesn't have shooting either. Uh that you do have guns, but they're like kind of auto-targeting. Right. It's, it's a it's a beat 'em up more than anything else. The 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 combat is, is instanced you know, you'll see guys and they'll run up and they will be like, okay, time to fight. You know, you'll change so you the can fight. So you, you can't just run around the open world and just walk up and fight people. No, that would be rude. Uh, but, like, but basically you'll, and it's better than it used to be, because you used to have a way through a loading screen. But now, like, you'll you'll walk, along, like, here you see, like, it says hooligans. You, like, you see these guys, you'll eventually learn to identify who the guys who will attack you are. And they'll see you and go, like, hey, like, and they'll run over to you and the fight will start. Okay. Um... And sometimes you'll like, see like, one of them walking around by themselves. You can run into them, and they'll be like, hey! And then, they'll, and then you'll fight. You, know, you, you can generally control when you get in a fight. Okay. They added this weird thing that, was, that I find a little bit annoying in this one uh, that I, I am pretty sure is inspired by Dark Souls, uh, where they're in both, because uh, Kiryu here uh, operates in Kamurocho in Tokyo, and Majima operates in Osaka. And, but in both maps, you'll sometimes see this like, seven-foot-tall dude walking around. With a giant number over their head, and what that is is that's Mr. Shakedown. There's these guys, these giant guys <laughs> named Mr. Shakedown, and you, you can get away from them, but if you fight them, uh, if you beat them, you get all their money, uh-huh. and if they beat you, they take all your well, money.
0: I notice when you're punching people, money flies
1: out. Right, money's a big deal in this. So so if you lose to Mr. Shakedown, he takes all your money, all your money. That you've oh, through the whole game. That's
0: so a lot of risk for reward. Oh, yeah. the whole game? The whole game.
1: Oh Not just what God. you're carrying. There's no way to bank. I mean, you can get like, items that like, protect some of it. But you will... like you know, So like, if, if I have 125 million, million yen, and I fight him and I lose, I lose that 125 million yen. Next time I see him, I can fight him. And if I beat him, I get it back. Okay. He'll kill. It remains consistent. So it's kind of persistent in that way. It is persistent, but you don't know where he's going to show up so or when he's going to show shut up. Shut it again.
0: down and turn it back on. Does he still have your money?
1: Uh, yeah, he should okay, have still have your money. Um, although I don't do that, I save when I see him and I fight him. If I right. lose him, I lose He is loaded to save. Yeah. Screw that. <laughs> right, like, yeah. Screw that. Um. So that, but to me, that reminds me of Dark Souls. That, that, that I think yeah. is a Dark Souls-inspired moment. And they are very hard. They can be hard to beat, and not just because. Sometimes they, they you know they can kill you in like two hits basically. Oh wow! Like you can't take too many, many hits from this. And of course the other thing is, they're not hard to dodge and and fight, but it's just tedious. It takes like twenty minutes to it, fight. They take a lot of damage. But you know, at this point in the game, yeah, you know, I have like probably hundred. I'm in chapter four or five. I have like 150 million yen or, or so per character. And I'm starting to run into Mr. Mr. Uh, shakedowns that have like 300 million yen, oh, and I'm like, oh, I gotta fight that guy. <laughs> you know, it's like, like yeah, you know, it's just it, it's it's tempting. So, so
0: since the whole combat's built around fisticuffs, yeah, how deep is the combat?
1: Uh, it gets pretty deep, but certainly for is Yakuza there a grappling game. and there is some grappling. Uh, there's four different fight styles per character. Okay, uh, you learn them through the That's course of the good. story. So like, uh, Kiryu starts with. Um, brawling which is kind of more of a straightforward punching and kicking yeah. then he gets um rush which is much faster uh so like brawling is more like boom 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 picking stuff up and hitting people with them uh rush is dodging around guys and doing really long uh lower damage combos that like kind of add up to, to big stuff and then i got um uh beast which is like uh, he can take a lot of blocking hits without getting knocked over and he has like, if you just hit a button near an object, he will automatically grab it and start hitting with it without having to pick it up and then attack. Uh, okay. So you can kind of just like grab stuff off the ground and instantly be in a combo with it. Are there parries and counters? Uh, for certain fighting styles. Okay. Uh, and those are later abilities. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, um, uh, or like uh, the, the first style that Kiryu gets is, um, uh, it's either, either him. yeah, I think it's him. Yeah. Either him or Majima's thug style, uh, every time you get hit you'll flash red, and if you hit the button then, he'll do a counter to that. So, and then uh, Majima has, uh, he has thug style, which is similar, kind of a straightforward beat-em-up thing. Then he gets Slugger style, where he gets, automatically gets a baseball bat. Called a pummeling bat, and yeah. you just beat the shit out of guys with, with the bat. And then he gets a uh, breakdancing style where he just break dances. It's like big crowd control stuff, oh. and you just so that's the one I would choose. You just backspin all the time and <laughs> kick everybody forever. That sounds um, like the most fun. And then there's two more. I haven't gonna un- unlock the fourth style for each of them because I think those are further down the, the line. So but, basically, but, this
0: this this game is way more Shenmue than Grand Theft Auto. Yes, it's for sure. Like it's an evolution. It's
1: an evolution of Shenmue. The series yeah. has always kind of been that, and I think it's. Better than Shenmue. Um, and the other advantage of this one is, because it's a prequel, it takes place before all the others, I think it's a decent jumping in point. Uh, It'll give you
0: the backstory that you're going to need when you play Yakuza yeah,
1: like not The only thing related to the other games at this point has been um, Majima has a flashback to the flashback in 4.
0: I was going to say, how can they have a flashback in a prequel? Because...
1: <laughs> Majima, the, in 4, you play a guy named Sajima, who was Majima's best friend before he went to prison for, like, 20 years for killing 18 dudes. And um, He only went
0: to prison for 20 years for killing escapes. 18 people? It, it he <laughs> escapes.
1: Um, and he's one of the four guys you play in Yakuza 4. Uh. But you see a flashback to the mid-80s when he and Majima were young pups. And uh, they're planning this thing, and Majima basically gets kid- captured by the Yakuza guys they're working for and held away, and that's how he loses his eye is when he's being yeah, tortured yeah. for that and all that stuff. So that has happened, but you get that flashback again in Yakuza 0, um, but you got the, the, it's a flashback to the flashback from 4, right. but it still took place earlier. So you don't need to know that. It'll just be like, you'll just see a flashback in black and white and be like, oh, okay, that, that's what happened before. Um, and then the ex- what's extra good is that uh, after this, uh, this summer, I think it is, um, uh, the remake of One is coming out right. here. Right. Kiwami. Uh, Kiwami is coming out. Um, which is a remake of One, which is great, and that means that if you have a PS4 and a PS3... You can play the whole series. You can play the entire series except for two if you don't have two. I mean, you can get a disc version of two and play it, right, but right. the disc version yeah. of two will run you like 200 bucks. Jeez. But, um, oh, man, I may have one of those lying around. The, P- the PS2 <laughs> versions of one and two are very pricey. Wow. Yeah. But the remake of, of one is great, and the great thing about it is, uh, two is two is a great game, but it's kind of a side story. You don't really need to know it to go to three. Right, So if you wanted to play Yakuza 0, Yakuza 1, Kiwami... Uh, and then go three, four, five, and then six when that comes out next year, you'd be set. That's a lot of Yakuza plays. But I do, I give these games my highest recommendation if you have any interest in Japan and any interest in kind of the, the crime story stuff and you want to play something that's a little unique. Yeah. And you want to support something that, like, really, sh- I mean, Yakuza 5 sold like 25,000 copies in, in the West. And they're still bringing these they're over. They're still bringing here. these over because the fan base is so adamant about it. And it's it's
0: 25,000
1: people, though. That's all they got to do is subtitle and translate. Yeah, sure. I guess you're right. Still, it seems crazy. I can't... I mean, look, every single Yakuza game I play... Until now, because they announced a bunch of them all at once last year. But, Matt, uh, what are you really... I've, I've, I've always been expecting every Yakuza game I play will be the last one. Yeah. Because I don't expect them to ever come again. And they keep bringing them to Sega's credit. They keep doing it. So, Matt,
0: are you really saying that everyone should go buy this because it's probably going to become a collector's
1: item? I don't know if it will because of the digital version. The digital Hard version, copies, I mean, I think that's irrelevant, you can, though. No, it's not, because you can still get copies of uh, Yakuza 4, which has been out of print for a while, and Dead Souls, which has been out of print for, for you know, decent, oh, okay. low prices. Yakuza 3, on the other hand, which has no PSN digital version, still commands a decent price. So oh, I think yeah. as long as you can buy something digitally, you've really cut down... Because that really cuts you down to the people who want to collect them versus the people who just want to play them. Right, right. You know, If you want to play Yakuza 3... You got to find a copy of Yakuza Three. Yeah, yeah. If I, but you know, for Yakuza Four, the only reason I have a physical copy is if you want to collect them, which I do. So I have, do, I do have, I buy physical copies of them, except for Five, which did not have a physical copy released in the West. Right. I will always buy the physical copy to support them that way. Gotcha. And there's also a survey you can take to tell them all about uh, why you buy them, <laughs> and I, indeed, you know, everyone should take that when they play the game too. Just to wrap it up, you, so
0: people, do you think people who play <clears throat> Or kind of predisposition to enjoy open world games will enjoy this.
1: Um, I don't know about that uh, because the open world thing is really sort of incidental more yeah, than anything else. What I it think seems like. I think if you are into action RPGs, very story heavy action RPGs, or if you like like Virtua Fight, if you like three D fighters, like the the brawling is entertaining. Um, like it's it's for beat 'em up fans. It's for fans of like intricate. And uh, and kind of twisting storylines because there's always every game every game in this series has any number of weird characters and hidden motives and betrayals and you know double twists and stuff like that and this yeah. one's no exception. Um, like if, if if and also like if you're just watching this and it looks interesting yeah. because there isn't really anything else like it. No, that's for sure. So especially not coming out of here. No, 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 not yeah. at all. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about, like, the, the brawling gameplay and, you know, getting involved in the story, enjoying the characters, because a lot of them are, even if you wouldn't want to know them in real life, they are enjoyable characters. And um, also, also, you should be ready for a whole mess of sexism, because... Uh, that's culture though it is the culture it, yeah. i mean not just not japanese culture but it's just like that gangster culture, culture yeah. is that's what it's about you know it's about the money and the women and the power yeah um, i mean they did the western translation you, i didn't think they would i don't think you thought they would they kept all those soft porn videos really uh, you can watch all you know all those like you know all the telephone cards you collect with the girls on them and, and i the, also
0: think it could be argued that a little touch of japanese
1: culture oh, as yeah. well not just de- yakuza culture i mean culture. It's, it's definitely Uniquely Japanese in that respect too. Yeah. Um, and the I mean, as far as I know, the only thing that's different between the Japanese version and the and the Western version is um, the theme song is different. The theme song doesn't have lyrics because they couldn't license the <laughs> singer or something like that's that. That's funny. Which is funny. Yeah, music is always the hardest thing to license it for is. whatever reason. But. Yeah. uh yeah, as far as I can tell, there is no, there, none of it was none of the content in terms of like the 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 you know the the porn idols or the people
0: be getting down at the disco, yeah. Matt.
1: Oh, it's <laughs> it's 1988 in a big way in this game. I like
0: how Sam scrubbed through the footage and managed
1: to find the cleavage. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> nice work. It's, I should also mention it's it's weird to play this game, to play a Yakuza game. That looks this good. Yeah. And run, I mean, it runs at 60 for a, a, a bit of the time. There I mean, are a whole
0: lot of shaders
1: going on here. No, I mean. <laughs> but, it, uh, but it looks better it's than clean. any of the others. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I will say that, I mean, and again, this is on the PS4 Pro. I don't know if this is different on normal PS4s. Yeah. I see a lot of chugging in busy areas, I see a lot of popping of um, uh, d- clutter. Like, you know, like, like boxes and bicycles on the side of it, like, they'll pop in, like, way closer than I think they should be popping in on a modern game. Yeah. Um, So, performance-wise, it is a little disappointing. Um, But, like, I don't mind it so much. But it's definitely something I notice in terms of, like, it's such a leap in graphical and this should tell you something about how long it's been stuck on the PS3 yeah. that this is a big graphical leap right, right. but the graphical leap does not come with the smooth performance that sort of has also defined the series so i'm i'm a little disappointed in how much how obvious it is that when you get in the really busy streets not so much in the alleyways and stuff, but the bi- busy shopping streets with all the stuff happening, you'll just start seeing stuff pop in, and it's annoying. The but... 6 looks a good bit better. than this. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And I don't, I don't remember if this was, if this had a PS3 version in Japan or not. If this was a dual release. Uh, I, don't I can't remember. remember actually. I, I feel like it was, but maybe I'm thinking of Yakuza 5. No, Yakuza 5 didn't have a PS4 version. No. I might be totally wrong on that. I don't know. I feel, but for, for some reason, something in the back of my head says that this one. Or maybe I'm thinking about Kiwami. One of them, I think, had both a PS3 and a PS4 release, so that would ex- maybe explain that. Yeah. But, yeah, don't expect it to be pristine performance-wise, at least on the PS4 Pro. I don't know if there's... I don't think people do. Maybe not. <laughs> there, there is jank here. Yeah, like, I mean, I it is... You, know, you can even see that And hey, with that I think in mind, do
0: you think it's worthy of, like, the high 8, 9
1: score area? I love it. I yeah. mean, I love all these games. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, you've
0: also been to Japan many times. You appreciate Japanese yeah. culture. Yeah, although although
1: I uh, played, no, nah, I'd been to Japan when I played the first one, but I didn't realize that we were staying. We'd been staying like a mile south of where these take place yeah, yeah. until then. Yeah, uh, and then of course that was the year I played. I played the first game on PS2 for like. 60 hours or something. Then we went to Japan. Yeah. And at one, I remember one night we ended up in that area yeah. and I'm like, oh no, there's a bar over here. The map is <laughs> is street accurate. That's Like crazy. to the building. It's incredible. Um, I and, mean,
0: it is really the next evolution of Shenmue. That's really what it is. Yeah. And like, It'll be interesting to see how Shenmue 3 stacks exactly. up this ultimately. Like, will
1: Shenmue 3 match up to this game?
0: Not just in terms I of... I would actually be surprised if it does. So so would I, to be honest. Um,
1: <laughs> look. We'll see though. I backed that game in... A, in and, you know, there's no rational reason I, back, yeah. I backed Shenmue. Well, because like Shenmue? I love Shenmue. I love that's Shenmue.
0: That's a rational reason. But,
1: uh, well, <laughs> do I think it's going to... I mean, I'm worried Shenmue 3 is going to come out and I'm not even going to be able to play it.
0: I'm trying to stay positive.
1: I'm trying to stay positive, for sure. But it's like, that's the, the conundrum of Shenmue 3. Is like, if you if you don't...
0: you yourself up for the fall. <laughs> well, it's also if you don't upgrade
1: it to be playable by a modern audience the right. way Yakuza is. yeah. You're gonna alienate a bunch of people that might otherwise try it. If you, you also if have you do updra-
0: they'll get pissed off. Right. If you up, do update <laughs> it and you it
1: doesn't control like an awkward piece uh, of shit, people are gonna get really mad because that's so how Steam is supposed to be. But we just don't run with the right trigger anymore. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Gamers, love ya. <laughs> All right, it's time for our trailer of the week. It's a really short trailer, by the way. So uh, if you want to ask questions, you need to start typing those in right now with the delay on the stream and everything. Um, there's a game that just came out that we have not really covered much on Game Face, and I wanted to make sure we gave it a little bit of love, just in case people out there are interested in it will at least
1: know that the game mm. is out there and available. And, and I gonna... I have this game, team. but I didn't play it yet because I am two games behind in this series, and I'm waiting for the next remaster to come out to catch up. Yeah. So I'll talk to you in March.
0: Yeah, and I'll <laughs> talk to you in uh, February by the time I read the end of the title of this game. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue. This is the launch trailer for the game. This game compiles how many Kingdom Hearts? Three games into one? Um, Well,
1: it's actually one previously released game. Dream Drop Distance. They remixed They remastered Dream Drop Distance. And then there's the two point... There's like a new bit of gameplay with uh, Aqua from Birth by Sleep. And then there's a new movie trailer short thing... That's supposed to also set up three, but also be related that um, the mobile game, uh, Chi or Chai or something. I don't know. It is so confusing. I don't know. the most confusing game release of this year, I guarantee you that much. But uh, I'm thrilled the the next one will just be three. Yeah, <laughs>
0: so be, it gets really I'm really happy. I'm really happy.
1: The eighth game will be the third game because they have
0: like all the handheld versions, and yeah. there's like one point it's just insane. Well, a
1: lot but, of that, I think comes from the fact that uh, they ended up having to stall for a decade while Nomura toiled away on right. versus thirteen, and Wasting here we are. <laughs>
0: Alright, so this is it, the launch trailer for Kingdom Hearts 2.8. Get those questions in.
1: Seven sleeping keyholes must be found and unlocked.
0: this place off
1: we're here to make sure that light lives on
0: may our hearts be our guiding key so matt what was your recommendation
1: Oh, um, While the trailer was playing, uh, this one you probably should get one to keep because the Kingdom Hearts games, especially the first prints with the uh, the limited pin and all that stuff, those always become valuable because Disney Disney fans, man, Disney fans love the, and Square fans and Square fans and yep. Kingdom Hearts fans and the trifecta. Yeah, they're uh, the first first printing stuff that has like the extra extra things in them. They're usually worth something later, uh, even if you don't want to sell them. It's something to have as sort of a cool thing in your collection okay
0: uh here's the first question from the legacy if they're making skate 4 do you think we will also release another ssx or bring back nba street to indirectly compete with nba 2k no no to what
1: nba street i mean i would love to see another ssx yeah i think everybody but i think uh steep has probably scared everybody off that for a while i mean they're completely different games though yeah but that's not going to matter to like investors no you're probably right um, try try to explain the difference between steep and SSX to like an EA investor and stock shareholder and see how far you get. The last SSX tanked.
0: Yeah. And I think it tanked because it went so far away from the formula that had be, made mm. SSX so popular in the first place. And before that, I don't know if you remember or not, but there was a Wii game that came out and that oh Yeah, blur. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that game. I had a blast with that game, but it also tanked. Mm. And on a platform with hundreds of millions install install base. So it's not exactly encouraging no. for another one I would come. like to
1: see remasters of Tricky and 3. A remaster of Tricky? I think it would probably sell 5 million copies. Yeah. But probably, I, I would imagine... Uh, EA, well, EAR doesn't seem too keen on remasters for some yeah. reason. Uh, which is weird because... It's, I mean, they've always neglected their back catalog. Uh, until GOG came along, some of their old PC games were lost forever, yeah. uh, people thought. Um, but, like... I mean, maybe they don't want to go through the prob the, the the hassle of re licensing all that music, because I mean, obviously you at least have to get tricky. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that, I think they could probably get that pretty cheap. though. Yeah, but I would. I mean,
0: would they even have to re license it? I wonder. Yes,
1: they, for a new release, they would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, I would buy that. I would buy an SSX, you know, SSX one through three pack in heartbeat. I'd pay like 50-60 for that. Yeah. I, would, I would be into that. Oh, for sure. I would actually be more into that than a new one. Well, imagine it running at least with I know those are modern good.
0: graphics at 60 frames a second. Yeah. Like, oh, man. I'd be all over it. Because oh, the, yeah. the core of SSX Tricky <laughs> is so good. It's mm-hmm. so simple to figure out. Like, somebody can sit down, you can explain it to them in like a minute, and they get it. Mm-hmm. I got to spell Tricky. And then once I do that, I can go crazy. Like, it's
1: so... Yeah.
0: It became way too complicated. It's after hard
1: it. to yeah. rock a rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> At time, uh, especially one that's right on time. Yes,
0: but uh, as refer- uh your question about NBA Street. No, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to bring back NBA Street. Uh, I just feel like
1: that subgenre is pretty much gone forever. Yeah,
0: the whole like arcade style sports thing, like that's left to like the indies to handle. Maybe now. if
1: that NBA Jam, uh, resur- you know, resurrection a few years ago had been good. Yeah, but it just didn't. Nobody, nobody really seemed to like that one very.
0: The much. other part of it too is that EA just mentioned that it is still working on NBA Live, uh-huh. which <laughs> no,
1: no clue why EA is still working on that franchise. Yeah. It canceled the last one before it came out. It won't give up. I would. I mean, I, I just, I wish EA would dip into their back catalog since they don't seem to really put out a lot of new content on a general basis. Like I'm sure they're hard up on dev teams or something. I don't know. I'd love to see an SSX remastered Collection. I'd love to see a Def Jam Collection. Oh, Fight for New York. Those, those were those were fun games. Uh, Burka. What about Cool Borders? I never played Cool Borders really. I didn't Did either. You? That was always like <laughs> that was always like the cheap knockoff. Like, I have my friend uh, Miguel Concepción who's a also game journalist he uh, game he spot. loves Cool Borders. He played yeah. he played a ton of Cool Borders too if I remember right.
0: I know a lot of people that play Cool Borders but I, after I played uh, 1080
1: Snowboarding on N64 Cool Borders just seemed like Johnson. Yeah, yeah, that's true. 1080 Sense of Place really ruined the the, the competition. Yeah,
0: Cool Borders was kind of like the corny Chucka like yeah. version of snowboarding where 1080 was kind of like the more classy like more yeah. realistic game.
1: I don't know. Once I played 1080, it I seems ridiculous. Like SSX three and 1080 have this similar thing going on for me, where it's like, and it seems ridiculous now when you look at the graphics compared to today. Yeah, but like, yeah. there was moments where it's like, wow, you can. It's like you can smell the outdoors. <laughs> it's so, it's so realistic and believable. It's, and it's quiet. It's like it's, yeah, you can hear the crunch of the powder. Um, here's a good one from Justin Horman, who
0: always has ask good questions. Uh, with the recent release of Double Dragon 4, what game from the NES area do you think would work well with a new sequel like DD4 or Mega Man 9? Double Dragon 4. Yeah. It just came out and got Which panned. game do you think could have a sequel that would actually hold up in this day and age more than just mm. for nostalgia?
1: As in like... I mean, to be perfectly honest, not many. Yeah. Uh, if, especially if you mean something I think would sell. If you mean something I think would, I'd, I'd have fun playing. I would like to see a new Blaster Master, and I would like to see a new Low-G-Man. Nobody remembers Low-G-Man, but I had a great time with that game.
0: Um, Double Dragon 4 has been getting hammered. When yeah, f- When Fumitsu gives a game a bad score, yeah.
1: you know it's terrible. It's either terrible or something didn't clear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the check didn't clear.
0: Uh I mean, honestly, I don't think most of the games from that era, other than the obvious ones that we could give you, were pretty bad. Um, but if there's one game that I still think the gameplay, the core of it is still fun and could still work, I think it's tech Bowl, sports games. Like, sports mm. games from that era are still fun because they're simple and they're easy to pick up and easy to play. I played Tech Bowl thousands of times. I can still play Tech Bowl and enjoy it. Uh, they're still doing Tech Bowl commercials. Like, they have that whole yeah. campaign for, what is it? Hyundai or something with Bo Jackson, where he's literally in the SUV driving down the field and the players are
1: diving at him like they do. Um,
0: That game, I feel like, can always be revived, but every time they've done it... Did you ever have
1: imagined back then that they'd be using Tecmo Bowl references to sell cars? In 30 years later or whatever? Yeah. Um, But, you know, that's a sports game that people don't
0: even care about football, enjoyed playing. Yeah. And they've tried to revive it a couple times, and it's always been so wrong. Like, I've... Mm -hmm. I remember the last time they did it. Like, what happens is PR people send out feelers, and they send an email and say, "Hey, is anyone interested in like checking out this game?" And uh, that was what they did with the, the last Tecmo Bowl, like revival or whatever. And I could tell I was like one of the only people that was yeah. like, "Yeah, sure," because you know you know you're one of the only ones when when they say, well, "When do you want us to come by?" and you say, "What times do you have?" and they're like, "Anytime you want." Whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. And they came by, and you know, I, t- I tried to be nice, but as soon as I saw it, I'm like, the, the spirit isn't here. Like, right. you have to have the core gameplay. What you need
1: to do is you need to make Tecmo Bowl. Bo Jackson destroys the NFL universe. Yeah. And embrace <laughs> the ridiculousness of what made everybody laugh. Exactly. Love it.
0: They tried to kind of bring it up. Try to make it a
1: good game. They you did. can't make it a good game. You got to make it an entertaining game. You got to make it Tecmo Bowl. Yeah. You got to make it play like Tecmo Bowl. Even Tecmo so. Super Bowl was kind of, you know. It didn't have the luster that now, the NES one had. I
0: still played the living hell out of Super Bowl, though. <laughs> but I played the original way back. Like in,
1: in the in the, the, the lounge we had in high school, we had an NES and a Super Nintendo with the, with those, uh-huh. both games. And every time we'd go, everybody would always pick the NES one. Yeah. Everybody, I mean, and everyone, yeah, it was, there was the wrestling match to, you know, get Bo, but like, yeah. you know, people just loved the way it felt and loved the way it played. Super Bowl and, had like I mean, little, didn't care
0: had like the, more of the corny cutscenes and yeah. stuff like that, but...
1: Yeah, the core gameplay of, uh,
0: of the first one was better. Uh, Super Court on Blue, Shane, do you have any more thoughts into a sifted member meet and greet? I would love to do it. Um, where we do it is the big question. Um, I don't know how many of you sifters are in L.A., but if you guys want to leave um, on the archive on the site, if you guys want to leave comments saying, hey, I'm from L.A., uh, we'll do it. We could do it, like, in a week. Um, I can't do it this, this week because obviously the Super Bowl, but maybe like next weekend we can get together and have a couple beers. I am down whenever. Um so just let me know if you're in LA. Um other than that, maybe packs meet and greet or something at some point if I feel like enough of you guys are gonna be there. But uh if some of you guys are in LA, I'll hang out whenever. So just let me know. I'm sure Matt would maybe stop by for a beer as well.
1: In LA, yeah. <laughs> Anywhere else? No way. <laughs> I don't see the next time I'm going to PAX. So.
0: <laughs> oh, and then Cheater Hater filled us in on exactly what 2.8 was. It's a remaster, a movie, and a demo. Mm. Uh, Norman
1: expected me to say a Sega game. Sega games weren't on uh, Nintendo, unless you're talking about the, the, the bootleg Tengen games. Yeah. Here's a good one from... I'd like to see more Shinobis. Yeah, that's not a bad A pick. Shinobi remaster collection would be nice. Anything. Bringing Fantasy Star Online two to America. Here's a good question for you, Matt. Mm -hmm.
0: Would Would an HTC Vive version of Resident Evil Seven get you to play sooner? No, no.
1: So the fact that has the VR doesn't work on PC yet has no No, bearing nothing to do with it. I just don't care about the game. I'm not a horror fan, really, and especially some. I mean, look, like at least looking at the concept of that game, like. Like I get why it's appealing to you, but I'd rather just watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre again. Like it's, at least that's over in two hours. <laughs> For uh, but, an hour and a half—that's a pretty short movie. Right?
0: Uh, will there be more Switch only Pact or Factor episodes this month? No, <laughs> there won't. Uh, There's—I think there's a Switch que- at least one Switch question in almost every episode coming up this month. Uh, We did the one big episode that had, like, the biggest questions at the top because we wanted it to be timely after the big uh, unveiling. Um, And then some of the more obscure questions, some of the more detailed questions are kind of sprinkled into the rest of the episodes. So, um... We had to put the first all of them in the first one because otherwise no one's going to care after that. And then we put we sprinkled the rest in to make sure that n- people who like Nintendo and care about Nintendo will have something for them in every episode for the rest of the month. So
1: that's, oh, that's kind of that seems like the Pactor bread and butter is what Pactor thinks about Nintendo.
0: No, it is. I mean, honestly, you know, he, it's it's tough because there aren't like fan sites for other platforms. Mm-hmm. Like there are, but they don't really pay attention. They're not as hardcore as the Nintendo fan sites. And if we do episodes on Nintendo, Pactor Factor does like twice the views it normally does. Because all the Nintendo sites pick it up and embed it in their web pages, and then people come to complain. And <laughs> it just it does literally it does double oh, yeah. or triple the traffic every single time. But I don't want to fall into that trap of like, oh well. All the Nintendo kids show up for Pactor Factor and then cut it off, because what I really care about the most is our subscribers. And the truth of the matter is, is the bulk of our subscribers don't give a crap about the (laughs) Switch. I mean, that's just the fact of the matter. And so we got to make sure that we're making episodes for everybody on Sifted, not just the Nintendo fans. Although I will say, the Nintendo fans on Sifted are some of the most engaged people on the site, and they comment a lot. So there's... Well, we got
1: nothing to play, so.
0: <laughs> so that element kind of plays into it a little bit as well. They're really passionate, <laughs> and you know I appreciate that, and it makes the site a better place to visit, and it makes more, more it's people. It's true. Engage. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what is Nintendo? I mean, not okay, a 3DS, but yeah. talking about Wii U games, yeah. Nintendo has basically hanging out to dry. Yeah,
0: but I, a lot of Nintendo fans have other consoles. You know, yeah. they're not just Nintendo fans, but they're most passionate about Nintendo. So. There's a lot of psychology that goes into working on Pactor Factor to try to make it successful and make it a show that everyone wants to watch every week and Also well, it isn't
1: Pactor like deals with Nintendo as part of his normal job too so yeah. he should know it makes sense to ask him about Nintendo. Yeah,
0: but we can see the view counts like if on our Switch only episode of Pactor Factor the view counts are like way lower than they are for shows that
1: have I mean on Sifted. On, on
0: Sifted, oh. right. Yeah, versus like once we put it out into the wild on YouTube mm. That's and all like, the
1: blogs pick it up. Like I don't even I that's interesting. Like, I just watch it. Yeah. I don't even think of... I mean, just. I don't oh, either. Here, watch but it. you got
0: to realize there's a lot of people who don't like Nintendo at all. And so if mm. they see... And look, we're not going like, to try to swindle people and say, hey, we have a bunch of questions about... If it's an all-Switch episode, we're like, it's the Switch. Yeah. Because we don't want to swindle people into watching it and they get halfway into it. They're like, oh, this is just all Nintendo stuff. So we try to be straight up with people so they know what they're getting into before they click on something. But... Uh, but yeah, we got to be smart about it. We got to make sure that we're serving our entire audience, not just Nintendo fans, but we want to keep them happy too. So, like I said, there's a lot that goes into the thinking behind Pactor.
1: Um, I know Mike wants to know if I can two-peat my Oscar prediction. Uh, best picture is going to be La La Land. Have you seen it yet? No. (laughs) I would never go see it. I hate musicals. Uh, I'll probably see it because I got to see it because it's Best Picture nominee. But uh, my pick for Best Picture uh, so far this year. I I haven't seen everything. I haven't seen... uh, I have not seen Manchester by the Sea and I have not seen Moonlight yet. But my Best Picture pick would be uh, Fences. Denzel and Viola Davis at their best. And an August Wilson play adapted. Love it. Please do the other nine.
0: So Gino Mike is asking for an update on Marcus. He missed the beginning of the show. Let me check my phone real quick and see if I have any new information, and I'll give it to you live right here if I've got it. Mm. Nope. I have no new update on Marcus. And it's 10 o'clock here. Oh, wait. Maybe I do.
1: I do not see anything.
0: Uh, no. No new update. Nope. Nothing yet. So, stay tuned. We'll see how it goes. This keep stuff it,
1: happens in its own time. Stay
0: positive, Get your fingers. keep your fingers crossed. And, and of, of course, roll. for
1: the people who are, you know, close and involved in that, the last thing that's on their mind is telling us what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They got, they got their own stuff to deal with.
0: Yep. Um, Scorefear, in your opinion, what's one thing Nintendo does better than anyone else besides developing games? d-pads d-pads I love uh, Nintendo d-pads I would say using its characters to get people to try new things like a lot of people are like oh it's like golf yeah like I remember when I used to work at GameSpot a lot of the times like a lot of the editorial guys there would be like every yeah, it's always Mario it's Mario this Mario that and I would always argue I'm like but They used Mario as a tool to get people to try their new concepts. Like, he always fronts, like, all their new stuff. And they would be like, oh, you're just blind or whatever. But I think Nintendo does a good job of coming up with a crazy idea. And then some people might say just slapping, like, a mascot on it or whatever. But Uh the truth of the matter is is that if somebody sees Mario doing something versus some character they've never seen before, they're going to be far more likely to try that new idea. And I would contend that if... Splatoon were a Mario game, it would have sold far better than Splatoon did. If it was the same mechanics, same idea, same map, same everything, except just swap out that art for Splatoon with the Mushroom Kingdom, I guarantee it would have sold even more, and it probably would be a legitimate esport. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was,
1: wasn't that originally, you know, early prototypes were Mario? I don't know. I, heard I, that. I read it was like it was kind of like a Mario Sunshine ish. No, I hadn't heard that thing. Right. And then at some point, they the placeholder like squid creature was like just kind of like, no, let's go with that. Yeah, like, Nintendo has gotten movie.
0: away from that a little bit over yeah. the last ten years. Like they used to be really good at it, but over the last like decade, like some of the concepts they have like just created some goofy character to try and front it, and in all honesty, it hasn't worked out that great mm-hmm. for Nintendo with those
1: new games, so. It's been a while since they created something that really caught on in the mainstream popular mind. You're um, right. And maybe that's part of it, because they've kind of switched I mean, strategy. even Pikmin is really not known outside of enthusiast circles. Yeah. And I love Pikmin. Where the hell is Pikmin 4? It should be that's coming. The, that's the most disappointing prediction you didn't get right Yeah, the Switch so far, is that they haven't sh- talked about Super before at they all. They said
0: it, Miyamoto said it's done. I have no idea. Maybe there's going to be like another surprise, like Diddy Kong racing at the holidays yeah. or something. It'd be a nice
1: thing to have for the holiday, yeah. Uh, Wolfox10JC Wolf is uh, asking for Super Bowl predictions.
0: Mm. Well, Sam's a Patriots fan, yeah, Patriots. and I still <laughs> like him, believe it or not. <laughs> um, I mean, you've got to pick the Patriots.
1: You don't think the Falcons can do that?
0: I think the Falcons can win. I just think you'd be dumb to pick any other team <laughs> than the Patriots. Um, I mean, look back when the Patriots lost Super Bowls against the Giants. I picked the Patriots in those games too. So it's just if you're picking, if you if you're betting and you're and you're ignoring the line, the Patriots. What's the line for the game, Sam? I think it's only like three. It's only three. Then I go Patriots. If it was like a six-point spread, I'd probably go Falcons. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to find that anywhere. So I go pats as yeah. much as it pains me to say it.
1: You just said
0: go pats. I did. Please don't record that loop it <laughs> or anything. I'll never say it again.
1: Oh, well, there's a ton of questions. Uh, and Gino, Mike, I would be thrilled if Fences beat out La La Land of the Oscars, but I think you're talking about the SAG Awards, which tend to be more focused on performance, and Fences was definitely a performance tier to force. Uh, I feel like La La Land has it wrapped up for the Oscars because the Oscars love movies about themselves, love movies about Hollywood. That's the only reason the artist won Best Picture, and that was ridiculous. I do
0: see the Stan user here says, "Go Falcons, f the Pats." <laughs> Man, after my own heart. They
1: have, they like say 58 points
0: for the over. Yeah, that's pretty. I mean, it's Vegas; they're always right on the money. Like 30 points A team I think that might Be pretty accurate So is this I think I'd
1: probably Take the under on that though So is the stand user A Falcons fan Or they just don't like The I think he's a Packers fan Actually Mm. If I remember correctly Well all those teams Aren't playing (laughs) (laughs) Spoken like a
0: true Pompous Patriots fan Uh, Let's see Is there one more Cowboys fan in there I think that's it Yeah. All right, party people! Thanks for sticking around so late. I know the stand users in Japan. I have no hours. idea what time that is. Um, what would that be like? Yesterday? <laughs> no, it would be tomorrow. It would Depends be like on if you go over the international. I think it'd be like
1: one p.m. tomorrow. I think, if I'm, unless I'm totally mixing right. my. I think it's twelve hours ahead, right? No, like no nine, I think mean nine. ten hours ahead. It's nine 10 or 10, ten hours, depending on whether it's daylight savings or 10 not. Ten ahead, yeah. All right. That's 10, it for game face. Ten, nine or ten back, but then tomorrow. But then if
0: you come this way over the international dateline, you actually relive the same you know, relive, time so yeah. again. It's
1: like I always used to tell you when you'd go to Japan and I wasn't, I'm just like, don't tell me what happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for Game Face episode 73 right here on
0: Sifted Games. Thanks to everybody who tuned in on the stream and asked us great questions at the end. Um, stay in tune to our Twitter feed. We'll update on Marcus um, as best we can. Um, I don't think his wife is going to take over his Twitter feed uh, while this is going on to keep people informed. So we'll do the best that we can to let you guys know what's going on with Marcus um, on the site as well. Um, we'll probably pop into that story that we published today about it. And uh, in the comments, we'll kind of update you as we get new news. Obviously, being very sensitive to uh, his family and everything. So we'll give you everything that we can. Um, I promise you that. So another great show, Matt. Sam, good luck. You're <laughs> going to need it. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm like what are you doing to Sam after this? What are you?
0: <laughs> Everybody have an awesome night. Game phase is up and out.